What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with a good, well, he wasn't a good friend. I just met him, but he's a good friend of mine now. We connected. His name's Chris Packney. He is affiliated affiliated with We The Medicine. We connected over Instagram. I heard of him through Greg Anderson on the Endless Endeavor podcast, and then that's the same way he heard about me is through Greg. So we connected, we came together, and we had an epic episode. I had a fantastic time. That guy's cool as hell. We are going to try and connect and collaborate on something for end of summer. So stay tuned. In the meantime, we are going to get on with the Viking tip. And it's actually going to be an herb. So it can kind of go back to the herb of the week. It's going to be bleeding heart. Bleeding heart grows all around my property. I had no idea what it was. I found it in this book and was like, oh shit, I see that everywhere. So we will get into that. But before, I would like to let you guys know that I am taking people in for blacksmithing class. Forging class, it's just fundamentals. I'm not a master smith. However, I do know the the basics. I do know the fundamentals, and nobody's you know creating a master smith type master piece on their very first day. So if you can come and learn how to you know forge a taper, figure out how the anvil works, how to swing the hammer properly, that benefits you exponentially if you want to continue doing this down the road. <clears throat> And we usually leave with something, whether that's a a hook or a bottle opener or something. So if you're interested, get a hold of me at stanawayrootsandravens at gmail.com or online on Instagram at Tyler Stanaway or Compassionate Viking. Whatever one you feel you would like to use. So I had a buddy... Of mine, his son came out last weekend. I posted some pictures. Shout out Oliver, 16 years old, trains jiu-jitsu with the adults. Absolute stud. He can come here anytime, and we had a blast. So, Oliver, tell your friends, hey, stop playing video games and go to Stanaway's house, and he'll teach you how to be a man. All right. So, also, actually, one more thing. Um, a lot of people have been getting a hold of me wanting to know about this, this nature school that I'm currently trying to put together when it's going to be up, when can kids enroll and essentially what needs to happen is I need to come up with an outline or not an outline, um, like a calendar and kind of a schedule. And as soon as I get that, we'll make flyers. I'll post them online. I'll let everyone know and we can go from there. Because fuck public school, I think, I think I have some, some ways to help these kids far better than any Rockefeller education is going to do. So that's the goal for the ones yet to come. Okay, let's get on with bleeding heart. It says bleeding heart. Bleeding heart is a calming herb and is useful for the nervous system after a shock or an accident. It is also known as Pacific Bleeding Heart and Western Bleeding Heart. It is in the poppy family and grows in moist areas of coniferous forests in the Pacific Northwest. 
Medicinal use. Use bleeding heart with great care and in small doses as it is a very potent narcotic and is toxic in higher doses. The root is mostly used, though the flowers and leaves also have medicinal properties. For a toothache, the root is good for relieving toothache pain. Chew the root and place it on the painful tooth. Says for bruises, sprains, joint pain, and nerve pain, a compress made with bleeding heart decoction or by heating root pieces in water and applying them as a poultice is effective in relieving nerve and muscle pain and helping bruises and sprains to heal. It shock, uh, says shocks to the nervous system, anxiety, and nervous disorders. Bleeding heart root decoction and tincture are both effective in relieving anxiety and nerves. It is effective in calming people after a shock, loss, or trauma. The plant has sedative and narcotic properties. Muscle tremors, compounds, and bleeding heart are calming and relaxing to the ner nervous system. They relax the muscles and suppress muscle tremors exhibited in some nervous system disorders. As a diuretic, it says this herb helps flush toxins and other poisons from the blood, liver, and kidneys. However, there are safer herbs for this use. It increases metabolism and, and stimulates appetite. Bleeding heart calms the nervous system while increasing the metabolic process, often giving you more energy and increased appetite. Cancer and swollen lymph nodes. Bleeding heart tincture has been used traditionally for, treat for treatment of cancer, swollen lymph nodes, and enlarged glands. And then to harvest, if you ever come across any, it says bleeding heart is a rare plant and is becoming endangered in some areas. Check the status in your area before collecting and do not over-harvest. Use it sparingly because it is rare in the wild. Or even better, grow your own supply so that you do not disturb the plants growing in the wild. Gather the roots for bleeding heart in the summer. If the plant goes dormant or in, in the autumn when the leaves begin to change and after the seed pods have matured. Okay, well, I have a tincture going, but I harvested it in the springtime, just like a month and a half ago. So we'll see. Maybe I need to gather some more. Warning, avoid using bleeding heart during pregnancy or breastfeeding. Use bleeding heart sparingly. A little goes a long way. Do not use if you have liver disease and do not use in combinations with other sedatives. So... <clears throat> I was listening to this podcast of this woman who was like leading a like a tour guide on a, on some nature trails. She was the the expedition lady. And when they got up on the trail, pretty far out the trailhead, some guy like broke his ankle or sprained his ankle really bad. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he he was hurt. And she said that she always carries a tincture of bleeding heart with her everywhere she goes. In the event or for the event of something really serious happening, such as what just happened. So she pulls the tincture out and she tells him to take a drop. <clears throat> well, he proceeds to take a dropper full and she freaks out on him and says he's going to die. And it's pretty much like, yeah, you just you're going to overdose. You're going to kill yourself. Well, 
Long story short, he didn't die, but he was in a self-induced coma for eight hours. They were stuck on top of the mountain. They couldn't proceed. Uh, obviously, didn't help much. So if you do end up making bleeding heart or come across bleeding heart tincture, make sure to start with one drop and then wait an hour. And if you need more, you take one more drop. So don't be dumb, guys. Be smart. Some of these plants are strong as hell. And some plants help you. Some plants don't do anything to you. Some plants kill you. So make sure that when you're using plants, you're being smart. Like I said many times before on my podcast, I am not a herbalist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a horticulturalist. I'm not any of those things. I'm just a regular guy reading out of a book and relaying information that I have acquired via books, audio, or video in some way, shape, or form from fucking electroculture shit and orgone energy all the way back to the 1700s up till, you know, this, this book that we're reading right now, which was published a couple years ago. So I hope you guys like that. I hope you guys learned a little bit. Viking tip is always cool and fun for me. And the show with Chris was, was very powerful for me. I had a a great time. I had a great time connecting. Unfortunately, it went so long. I didn't realize I was going to be late to jujitsu. So Vanessa had to come in and was like, uh, do you know what time it is? I'm like, nope. She's like, well, you were supposed to leave like 10 minutes ago. So I had to jet out of here. Chris, I apologize for that. I never want to kick you out of my house, man. You're, you're more than welcome to come here anytime. We will get together soon. Fucking A, brother. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout-out to NFS Company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, they got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com or you can find them on Instagram at nofuckingslack.co. On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American-made shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. Hey, everybody. We're here with my buddy, Chris Packney. Thank you for showing up. It's an honor to have you. We have actually never met up until an hour ago. Yes, sir. I've got an email from you that pretty much said like, hey, man, we got to meet up. And I was like, absolutely, because I knew who you were through Greg's podcast. Yeah. Right. So 
I think you came on and talked about your journey real recent after I had talked about my journey on the Endless Endeavor podcast. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was July, June, July last year. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I was the first person that I felt that was going to go and be, be open about this other than Aubrey Marcus. That's someone who is very open about all of his psychedelic experiences. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about it. And then you came on right after that. And I was like, okay. So when you got a hold of me recently and said that you would like to uh, meet up, I hopped on it right away. We set it up and I didn't plan on doing a podcast, but I sent a message this morning and was like, Hey, I don't know your fucking time schedule, but if you're down to do a podcast, I would, I would love that. And you said, absolutely. And here we are. And here we are. So uh, I think that the first thing that we should do is we should tell the listeners who you are, what you, what you do, and then we'll start at the beginning and we'll work our way up, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Um, my name's Chris and just recently turned 45. Okay. I've got two beautiful children. They're uh, going to be 18 and my son just turned 16, Hannah and Elias been married for 25 years to my wife, Erin. Wow. And uh, originally I'm from Huntington Beach, California, joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, went to the uh, White House. I served there for about three years doing special assignment as a uh, Marine Security Forces at the White House, got off active duty, went to college, uh, got a commission in the Air Force, and I went and I flew jets for a little while. Holy shit. Ruptured my eardrum. I couldn't fly anymore. How'd you do that? Uh, I flew with the cold. I, I had a little bit of a sinus congestion and I shouldn't have been flying that day, but I was behind in the timeline and the, in the training syllabus. And, uh, yeah, when you fly in an unpressurized jet and, yeah. and you have sinus problems and you can't clear your ears. Oh fuck. You're going to have problems. So was that a, I mean, that must've been scary as hell. It was, I, <laughs> I can only like <laughs> flying a jet alone is scary as hell when everything's running properly and you blew your fucking eardrum. Yeah. I was, I was on a solo flight out in the, uh, the training area and, as soon as uh, I started diving down, I felt the pressure building in my ear and it felt like somebody had just reached in and stabbed a, like a flaming hot ice pick into my eardrum. Oh. And so uh, immediately the uh, the world started spinning. Like, I was going to say, did really that give fast. you vertigo immediately? Just immediately. It felt like I was on a merry-go-round that wouldn't stop. Oh, God. And so I was able to trim the jet out and, and put it into a, a banked turn. And so it wasn't ascending or descending. I could take my hands off the controls. And I was trying desperately like to valsalva equalize. And, and equalize my ears. And I couldn't do it. And and I couldn't stop the jet from spinning. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to eject. Like, yeah. I, I thought I was going to have to punch out. And so uh, I climbed up. Like I requested permission to get up a little bit higher where the air is a little bit thinner. So I got up a little bit higher, another 10,000 feet. And then the pressure started coming down. I was able to get that ear to kind of collapse a little bit so it wasn't so bad the spinning wasn't terrible and uh i requested a straight in landing i came in and i landed and you landed i was i was able to get it under control and once, once i got on the ground it's like i cannot say say anything and nobody would know uh-huh but it it, it scared me and, uh, and, yeah. I, and i knew it wasn't the right thing it's like it, if i die i die yeah but if i punch out of this jet at thirty thousand feet and let it tumble down to the ground like i'm sure it's going to go straight into an orphanage yeah <laughs> so yeah so. yeah you have to uh, i mean you had the wherewithal to think about other other lives in the midst of yeah fucking extreme chaos yeah when you leave the jet it's still got it's still got to land itself with or without you so i uh, went to the flight surgeon uh, turns out i had ruptured my eardrum uh, 
as it healed up, there was some scar tissue that formed. They did a couple of procedures to try to mitigate that and it never got any better. So went to the altitude chamber a few times. Hey, you can't clear your ear anymore. And they disqualified me from flight status at that point. So, And how did you feel? Were you devastated? Oh, I was crushed. My dad was a pilot in the Air Force. Okay. So I grew up, I saw Top Gun when I was like 10 years old, yeah? the, fir the first one. And uh, all I ever wanted to be was a fighter pilot growing up. Fuck. And you finally get to the point where you're get there. flying the fighter pilot, flying fighter jets. Fighter jets. And you, your eardrum bursts. Boom. And, and it was like through no fault of my own. It was a purely physiological thing. I, I couldn't. You couldn't equalize. Couldn't equalize or, it, right? I shouldn't have been flying, but I did. And um, yeah, that was hard. That, that was that was hard for the better part of a decade. Like, because that's all I ever wanted to be. My identity was in that. Like, right. I thought I was the coolest dude in the room. I'm a fighter pilot. Well, me. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty <laughs> admirable thing. I mean, not many get, people get to say that. No, it, it, looking back on it, I, I see it as a double double-edged sword. It was, it was a good thing that happened to me because I think I would have been insufferable. It would have really been an ego trip for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, and, but also how many people wanted to be a fighter pilot, but never put the effort, never got anywhere close to that. Right. Like yep. I, I got there, I was flying jets by myself out, you know, <laughs> doing, you know, mocks, not awesome stuff. So at least I have that. I won't be an old man in bed wondering what it was like to do that. I did it. You did it. Not for a career, but I did it. And had I done it for a career, I'd probably be a, just a dick. A different person. <laughs> be, yeah. This goes back to what we were saying right before the podcast of like, I don't know if I believe 100% in fate, but there are certain things that happen in our lives that don't necessarily, I mean, maybe they make sense at the time, but for me, most of them don't make sense at the time. I fight it. It causes grief and turmoil within me but hindsight maybe a week maybe a month maybe years i look back and it goes oh that had to happen yeah yeah it, it's seeing the silver lining or, or just that, that good reflection i heard a, a quote one time it, was, it said um fate drags the willing or the unwilling and leads the willing all the same yes so it, it, it doesn't matter whether fate is or isn't like we're all getting there one way or another so how you how you perceive it how you derive meaning from experience that's up to you yeah yeah okay so you blow your eardrum uh you, you discharged yeah I, actually i go to special operations command for a little bit okay um, to the 823rd security forces squadron and uh trying to get into uh that, that moody i was going to try to work my way into the uh, pararescue so I, I ended up at security forces and i was going to same base i wanted to cross train and see if i could make it over there and uh ended up tearing apart my shoulder had five surgeries over the span of about three years trying to put that back together and okay. just jacked me up and I ended up getting a medical discharge. Okay. So, um, came out, worked for Boeing for about six months. Okay. That's ended. That's why we ended up here in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, it was a good job, but a terrible job for, for this guy. Like I was working in a, in an office with a suit <laughs> and behind a computer all day long and meetings about meetings. Like wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, my wife's like, Hey, the police department's hiring and they just, uh, this big hiring thing because there's a, they annexed a large area of city. So they're going, Hey, we're going to hire 15 new police officers. I put my name in the hat. They uh, offered me a job and <laughs> I was a cop for a better part of 15 years. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I remembered that from your, yeah. your other podcast. Yeah. So I'd, I'd worked down in Auburn. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I was on the SWAT team and I kind of tangentially knew Greg through some other guys at the port. Cause we all worked together okay. in the, in the, Valley agencies. Okay. So that's kind of where our connection came from. We had some mutual friends and that's how we got in touch. And so I did that till about two years ago. Okay. And then uh, I got a uh, medically retired, 
for, from that. And here I am. And here you are. And here I am. Okay. So that's my work history. Okay. So your work history. Now, the way that I know about you is through plant medicine. Yes. Okay. That's the way that I came across you. And that seems like where our connection is going Absolutely. to lie. Okay. <laughs> so I've had my aunt on this podcast talk about her journey. I have had my buddy Tobin on the podcast talk about his journey. I've talked about my journeys multiple times, depending on what, when I went and my wife just recently went. So everyone that I've met so far at some point prior to their first ceremony, they came across they, you know, it, it was not a thing in their mind and then they came across it and maybe some people came across it and immediately sought, sought it out. Other people came across it and it was down the road. When did you find out about plant medicine and why? It's a tricky question. I know. I know. I know. There's probably, yeah. you can't just like pinpoint yeah. it, but you know, to, to be honest, um, I had never done any drugs other than alcohol. I'd never even smoked a cigarette. Like uh, the first time I had alcohol, I was almost 21 in the Marine and the Marines, but I'd never done anything else my entire life up until I was about 40 years old. Okay. So when I was in high school, I remember thinking like, if I was ever going to do a drug, I would do LSD or mushrooms or something like the inner journey would ah. be the one that I want. I have no, like no desire to like get high on like heroin and just yeah, be yeah. zoned out or be pumped up on meth or yeah, tweaked out or anything but, like that. Yeah, I would love to put on a pair of headphones and listen to some classical music with some mushrooms and just see where, where the journey goes. Okay. But I never never pursued it. I never did that. And so fast forward many years later, and then, uh, you know, my mid-late 30s, I'm listening to Graham Hancock and Joe Rogan, and they're talking about these experiences. And and then I start to see some of the studies that are done with uh, psilocybin and ketamine meditation and all these other modalities that they're using to treat depression and PTSD and and, and the life-changing stories that I keep hearing from people that are battling addiction, depression, all these things are looking for inspiration in life and things come together for them. And through the journey of plant medicines are finding these things, these, these expanded states of consciousness. So I, I couldn't pinpoint a date when I first heard about it. It kind of been peripherally since I was a kid in my mind of like, that would be the journey I want to take. And I just got to a point in my life where it's like, this can't be the only reality we live in. And, I have access to my own consciousness. There's why would, why would these mushrooms be illegal? Like that, it started, like I asked these questions, like why is, why would they not want me to eat this mushroom? Mm -hmm. Why would that, why would that be illegal? And then the first time I had mushrooms, I'm like, I know exactly why those are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You're no longer going to go along with their bullshit game. Ooh, no, you, you, you immediately see through the illusion of this reality. Yep. And, and you, you see the nature of your own consciousness and, and how you create, the world that you live in and if everybody knew that that they had that sovereign right within their their consciousness to change that it would be a different world overnight 100 percent, 100 percent. okay so you ate you ate the mushrooms first that was the first uh, I, actually i did um the first psychedelic i did was like a powdered form of dmt okay so it's like a they say it's like synth synthetic psilocybin. It's 4-ACO DMT. It's like a little white crystalline powder. Do you smoke it? No, uh, you put it underneath your tongue and it lasts about six hours. Okay. So, so it's not the same as the 5-MAO no, or it's whatever. Not, it's not Bufo or 5-MAO. Okay. No, it's 4-ACO DMT. And uh, I don't, I haven't gotten it in a long 
time, but you should be able to get it online as research chemical Canadian companies. So you just go online and say, yeah, research, not for human consumption. I'm going to do some research. Yep. And yeah. And that'll do the trick. So yeah, it just, a it produces a very similar effect to mushrooms. I would say the difference is, is like when you take mushrooms, everything feels very organic. Like the edges are rounded. Everything mm. is kind of groovy, like wavy. Yeah. Like it's smooth. It's smooth with, uh, the DMT, it's very mathematical, angular, more like sacred geometry. Sacred geometry. So yeah, there's there's a more more precise versus imprecise, like organic and flowing versus mathematical lined, and that, right. that's the difference. Calculus. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I've heard some people describe it like one feels synthetic and one feels natural, but like in in nature, you don't see the sacred geometry, like on the surface, right? right? Like it has to be superimposed over the top of what is there. So like you look at the sunflower, you look at the snail, you don't automatically see the fractal geometry. Right. But when you take mushrooms and you look at a pile of leaves and all of a sudden it arranges it's like moving it's, together, it starts moving and then it arranges itself and then layers itself. And you're like, Oh, there's depths to this. Yeah. Like, same thing with your consciousness. I have a, uh, I have a chew in right now. Okay. And one year ago, more than a year ago. It was last February, February of 2022. Okay. I decided that I was going to eat a bunch of mushrooms one night here. I tell Vanessa, Hey, I'm going to eat a bunch of mushrooms. It was totally like on the whim. I came inside from like mowing the lawn or some shit. <laughs> Today's the day. Today is the day. <laughs> and it was a weekend. It was like a Saturday or something. And I was like, so we're going to put the kids to bed and then I'm going to go actually walk out to the woods. I'm going to go have a campfire back there and I'm just going to hang out. And so I did, I ate mm, probably like six grams. So a lot. And you know, it's just hanging out, observing, doing whatever you fucking do. M mostly like looking around, observing, but inwardly dealing with it type yeah. of thing. Right. And I had this thought of, I want to put a chew in. And I wasn't at the campfire yet. It was still light out. I have a ravine that with a creek down in the bottom of it, about four acres that way out in the woods. And I was standing kind of on the bank of the ravine. And I think, I'm going to put a chew in. And right at that time, I look up and all of the forest, all of the floor, all of like every single thing that I could see had the, I call it the ether network. Yep. Everything's connected. I can see the veil. It's like, it's like shimmering, like a, like a, I want to say fluorescent, but it's not fluorescent. It's shimmering like a, like a fishing lure. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, it looks like chicken wire or like netting and it's everywhere. And I go and I like kind of got a little bit dizzy a little bit. And I leaned up against this alder tree and I put my hand on it and I look and my hand is like connected in with the tree. Like everything is now in this network and I'm a part of it. Yep. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking cool. <laughs> you know, I'm hanging, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of me just like observing what's going on forgot about wanting to put the chew in i have my hand on the tree and i go oh fuck i gotta i'm gonna put a chew in and i pull my can of chew out and out of the whole entire forest sky ground 360 degree the, my, my can of chew was the only thing that wasn't connecting in and it felt so wrong and gross like it was like 
well, I can't have that. That's not a part of the system. Yeah. And so I, I shouldn't do this. I littered. I threw my can of chew. I didn't chew again for nine months. And one day I was like, working outside and i was like i really want to fucking chew and that and that was the end i knew that me putting a chew back in was going to it's the start of yeah and for what at that point in time i guess i wasn't being very strong or i didn't i, I don't have the right answer yeah. the, the, the right the right answer is i shouldn't have done it i did do it i'm still addicted to chew however i will never forget that i know now my my can of chew at least copenhagen long cut <laughs> is not connected into the fucking grid okay now, if we took a, a yonder back out that way, I have a tobacco garden growing because one of the things that I have found through my plant medicine ceremonies is that tobacco is actually a very sacred plant and it has a very powerful spirit within it. And, and after learning this, I'm not, I don't feel that tobacco is the, the thing that's not connecting into the grid. I think the reason why my tobacco isn't connecting into the grid is because owned by Copenhagen, which is large, uh, you know, big pharma companies, and they're pumping it full of chemicals and fiberglass and shit that's that's not natural and not good for me. Now, you have the the Native Americans who are always smoking the sacred tobacco around the the campfire out of their long pipe or their tomahawk pipe that they make. Um, I see down in the, the jungle, they got the mapacho. Mm -hmm. So I came to this conclusion where I was like, okay, well, I guess if I want to continue chewing, because I do enjoy tobacco, yeah. then I'm going to grow it myself and I will have 100% all organic tobacco, heirloom seeds. I'll dry it. I will chop it up into whatever size leaf I would prefer. I will get fresh organic apple cider, fresh pressed from my buddy who has a farm. And I will get molasses from the farmer up here who, I don't know, I don't know how he makes it. Then you take the apple cider and the molasses, you mix it together in a pot and you boil it down until it becomes syrup real thick. And then you take the tobacco and you put it in that syrup and you mix it around and then you pack mason jars full of it. And Raw organic tobacco with some molasses and apple cider vinegar cannot be that bad for me. Yeah. So that's my next. This all started with eating a bunch of mushrooms a year and a half ago. <laughs> you know, going back to that, it's I've kind of come to that that realization with myself, especially with my my personal use of, of marijuana. It's I, I enjoy it. Mm. I, I enjoy the feeling of being stoned, but also with my medical problems that I have, yeah. arthritis, it, it helps alleviate a lot of those. It helps stimulate my appetite because I don't eat a lot. Yep. It's just a skinny guy. So if I want to maintain any muscle mass, just having an appetite helps. Yeah. But it, it's my intention, right? If I'm unconscious, if I'm just rolling a joint and just going out and smoking a joint, then I start to feel like guilty, right? It's yeah. Like, I'm not even conscious. But if I, if I get out the stuff and I write a little prayer on the inside of the filter and I'm very conscious and intentional and I sit down and I take a breath and then like I honor yeah. the jaw and then I smoke this weed as, as a sacrament, yep. then yeah, absolutely. It's then different. It's different. It's different. It's, and, and so you going through the entire process of taking the time to be intimately involved with this is saying that this isn't just a convenience. I'm not stopping at the 7-Eleven and grabbing a chew so I can throw in a dip and just be unconscious like this is something that I want to do and I'm putting the effort. So it's, it's mine. 
and it's going to feel better. It is. And, and it's something you want to do. So you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Like you want to chew. It's just, I want to chew this. Yeah. That. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do like you, like you just said, I enjoy putting a chew in and working. Usually, you know, maybe there's a coffee, coffee involved with that. And, but I also am aware that I do want to keep my temple as pure as possible. Now, a lot of people would say that, well, if you're indulging or partaking in mushrooms or ayahuasca or tobacco or whatever, that you are not being pure. I don't know if that person is right or wrong. I don't know if I'm the one who gets to say right or wrong. I know this. As long as I stick to nature, the law of nature, does it grow from a seed in the ground? Was it genetically altered or tampered with? Does it have some type of chemicals or poisons on it? My answer is if it's just 100% natural and it's a plant, it was designed to be here. And these plants are our allies, whether we want to admit that or not. The fact that they affect us the way they do means that we're, we're meant to have some relationship with it. Yep. Like it, it produces for good or bad, it produces this effect in us. So what is that effect? Yeah. If it's just to make us feel good, then why not just feel good? If it does open up another door to, to understanding or broadening our, our sense of consciousness and reality, why not? Right. And wh why is it that, uh, who, who was I talking to? might've been my grandma actually of just talking about like, so I don't hide anything from my children. I'm very, very open, more open than a lot of people are like, I can't believe like my kids know that I go to ayahuasca. I've talked to them about ayahuasca. I said, when you guys are adults, if you want to do this, then that's on you. How, uh, they've, they've, they've helped me harvest marijuana before. Okay. And I had a turmoil with this at first because of the way I grew up. Well, here on our homestead, we have hundreds of different species of plants, all planted in the ground. They typically either come from cuttings, grafts, or a seed. The children helped me do all of this. And I got to the point where it's like, if I tell them this one seed that we grew, they can't touch or be around. They're going to wonder why. why. Why is that? What is the problem with this one? It's just like every other one. We go over ages, we go over how it affects us, we go over it's not for children, just like all sorts of things, just like you, the, you see a beer on the counter. Yeah. So when I was, I, it was my grandma, <laughs> it was my grandma, <laughs> because I had got, I had brought up of, unless, like, unless a human has deemed this thing bad juju and we indoctrinate that that thing is bad juju how is it any different than you brewing tea or coffee or throwing mint in your fucking ice cream no different it's just another plant you guys use lavender you use a, a you know peppermint essential oil i watched you put rosemary on your chicken the other day but if it comes to these plants they're bad then why is it like always ask the why why is it Nobody ever stops to think like, that's just what I've been conditioned to think. Yeah. Everything that we think for the most part has been a, a conditioned response that we've gotten. So to peel that back is hard. And, and especially the older you get, like that indoctrination, like that cement gets really hard after, after <laughs> decades, right? It's tough mm -hmm. to chip that up, especially when it's foundational. Yeah. And there's all sorts of things that I've came across 
that I didn't know up until my first ceremony. It's like Mama Aya really opened my eyes to the plant world. My best friend growing up has been growing weed since we were little kids. And I've had every opportunity to learn how to become a, a master botanist or horticulture. I had zero interest. I'd smoke it with him. Yep. I'd want him to grow good fucking bud. <laughs> but I didn't care at all about the plant, the process. I had zero connection. And then one time of me drinking that fucking tea, the first time it opened up to all these other things to where not only was I seeing people using like uh, tobacco in a, in a sacred way, which was the first time that I, you know, I only seen people either putting a chew in and getting after it or smoking a cigarette. I've never seen someone put a, an intention into smoking tobacco. So yeah. that was interesting. But then also, you know, we got smudged with sage. Hey, that's never happened to me before. I was told about, um, mugwort, you can dry mugwort and smoke mugwort as like a rolled cigarette as well, which induces like lucid dreaming and all this different stuff. And it just fucking blew my mind on why are we not taught any of this, right? So off tangent, but we're going to go back to you. You first time was the, the DMT that you tried. Yeah. And I had experimented a couple times with that, probably half a dozen times with the the DMT and then I grew my own batch of mushrooms at oh, home. Yeah. And uh probably took eight or nine trips yep. uh, over the course of about two or three years. Uh it, not with any sort of frequency and it, they were always by myself, never in any corporate setting. I had no idea about any sort of like the the spiritual connection yeah, yeah. to it. But for me it, it felt so sacramental. Like I would take these mushrooms and I uh, right behind my house I have this series of trails that goes down to the Green River. And I would put on my earphones and put on some instrumental music and just take a long three, four hour walk. And I would sit and I'd meditate and I'd be in nature and just feel for the lack of a better word, just like the presence of God, yeah. right? However you, you define God in your heart. It, it was a, it was a church service. Like I was in God's cathedral out there in nature. And so it, in going through those things, I realized like it, I had a lot to learn and, and there was a lot of, of healing potential for this. And so that's why I started looking into ayahuasca because they say it, it's a powerful medicine. And, and, and obviously if you listen to Rogan and those guys, so that's how I ended up last year in Costa Rica in April of last year. And then I came back and went on Greg's show. I'm like, Hey, let's put together something for veterans. What was your reasoning for wanting to go just to, per, to continue pursuing yeah. what you had experienced with the psychedelics prior? Were you in... Uh, you know, did you have some trauma to PTSD? Were you upset, suicidal, anything like that? Yeah, I had been battling pretty severe depression. Okay. There was a, a couple of really difficult calls uh, that I went to that. As a police officer? As a police officer that sat with me. Okay. And there's no rhyme or reason. Like, like you go to some calls and it doesn't bother you at all. And it can be freaking horrific. And you go to something else up, like just depends on the day where you're at. And there was a few that bothered me really bad. Um, and are it, they too sensitive to go into? Uh, you can pass it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, fucking it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We're on a high vibe here. So <laughs> yeah. if we want to keep yeah, it there. To, to relive it. it just, just to say, like, there was bad car accidents. There, there was one where, where a car caught on fire and children screamed as they burned it oh, off. Oh, fuck. Um, okay, so real, real yeah. 
nightmare shit that nightmares are made yes. of. Yes, and over the course of time, like all the welfare checks go go. Somebody hasn't answered their door for two weeks, and you gotta go find the body in the house, or you know, you get these weird nine one one calls that you track down, and it turns out that mom's trying to call nine one one because her boyfriend beat the baby and threw it in the dumpster and <sighs> find a baby in a dumpster, like. The shit that a normal civilian has no idea or like yeah. recollection that's happening in real life, yeah. let alone your own communities. Yeah. You might go through your life as like, you know, regular citizen and have like one traumatic event. You were in one bad accident or you saw something happen in front of you. Like, oh my gosh, this guy dropped dead or like this guy got shot or this guy got run over by a train. Like, oh my gosh, like I saw that 20 years ago. That was terrible. But when you're a police officer in these cities here, you're seeing that every night. Yeah. You're seeing somebody shot. You're seeing somebody exploded by a train. You're seeing horrific car accidents. You're seeing the the domestic violence. You're seeing murdered children. Like you're taking the rape cases. Like there's, it, it got to a point where the person who I was growing up, like I'd always been a really sensitive person. Like I, I walk in here six six with a beard and looking like an ogre, but like I'm a gentle human being. Right, right. You're very empathetic and. And that job took it out of me. And even now, like I, it, it, part of what I was looking for with that experience with ayahuasca was trying to reconnect with that spirit inside of me because I'd become so jaded, so devoid, hardened, just no compassion for others, just just empty, yeah, like, just a shell of, of who I Fucking was. Fucking Terminator, man. And and I knew it wasn't me. And it and and so my experiences with ayahuasca, like it's weird because it doesn't really affect me like I, i'm pretty neutral on the experience but the ceremony the experience of ceremony of being with other people of sharing that experience is where i derive my my sense of meaning and out of the 25 ceremonies roughly in this last calendar year that i've been in there was only one ceremony and it was the very last one i was in before i came back in april where i felt like this was a psychedelic experience all the other ones like i could have three cups i could have five cups like I felt like I could have driven a car if I needed to. Like I was never. That's how I always feel. Not present. But other people have a cup and 20 minutes later, they're in the, the center of the astral plane. And I'm like, okay, but it's my job to be present and I'll change your bucket for you. I'll put a sheet over you. I'll go sit with you. I'll sing a song with you. Like I'll go sit by the fire with these folks. Like being present within the space, like started to give me my sense of purpose. And the ayahuasca was making me like, Kind of like in, in electrics, like like I was coming into phase with people. I could see somebody and feel their energy from across the circle, from across the room, and and hold energy and to pray for people and to send good good things. Like I, I you can't explain it. it like <laughs> it's there's not words, but it, it's a feeling. It's an evocative emotion yep. that that I can't put to words. But it, it felt so fulfilling and so connected. And it's not. It wasn't in my head because I would go to these people and they would come to me at times. Like when you're in ceremony enough with people, I'm like, how are you doing? Like, can I pray? Like, Oh my God, I, I was just thinking about you. Like you, you manifest. Uh -huh. like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in ceremony and I've been thinking about someone and then they just magically appear. It's like, I just manifested you because I was just wishing good things on you and here you are. Yes. So that's the craziest part about it is like, it's not just hallucination. No. There's something else that's going on. Because, and I've talked about this before, maybe even on the podcast, a hallucination means you're with however many people and you see crazy shit that isn't really going on. Or you felt crazy, something that is absurd and preposterous out of reality. In ayahuasca, this absurd, preposterous thing out of reality will be happening. And then 
for the for my ceremonies, you don't really talk very much. But in the next morning, when we do integration and we go to talk, and multiple people are sharing the same fucking experience, that is not a hallucination. No, no. I, like, I guess you could call it a shared hallucination, but a shared hallucination is reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this world that we live in is a no, shared. Hallucination. You don't get five people hallucinating the same thing. No, that's you guys all experiencing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then trying to to like we talked about before, like how do you explain to people what that experience is? Like you, you could talk to it, but like it's something that transcends words. It's it's a it's a spiritual. It's a heart connection that that you have that that the ayahuasca or plant medicines in general just open up and makes you see the matrix, see the grid, see each other for what we are and and tap into for me that center which is love. Like it, I felt genuine compassion and love for people again like it like it felt so good to reconnect. Yes, with yes. And that's something I think I said too before we had started the podcast is up until my first ceremony, I just was an honorary son of a bitch. And I and I I literally hated people. I thought all people were stupid. There was like a handful of people that I cared about and the rest could all fucking die for all I cared about. And I, I was just absolutely wrong. It's the exact opposite of that. I love human beings. That I think humans are my favorite animal on this on this earth that we're living on. Like I said before, it's not that I hate the human beings. It's that the the powers that be have cast some type of evil spell upon us. Call it whatever you want. Call it MK Ultra. Call it indoctrination. Call it spells, black magic, whatever. I don't care the name that we use, but whatever that is, absolutely has been cast over the a global population and it's not that i hate the humans it's that i hate that spell that spell has created hate and division and lack of empathy and lack of compassion and um isolationness and just all all the bad things that we all feel and know and so now that i, I would say my heart chakra got blasted back <laughs> open and to feel love genuine love for human beings for plants for animals for the sky the air the earth all of it i had never felt the way that i feel now even when i was a child even when i was a child i mean i was definitely more loving and compassionate as a child before the world starts to harden you and get you under that spell but now it's like you know what you said to bring you back to to that center to that feel that love people do not even know what that love is i would talk to about it with my wife for a year now and i would say her heart chakra is closed and she would say no it isn't and i would say baby yes it is and she would say no it is not <laughs> and i would okay you don't know what you don't know yeah. but i'm telling you that you don't know love to the max yet because you have nothing to compare it to you you literally don't know what's out there because you haven't experienced it i'm telling you when you go take this medicine at least at the place that i go to i can't say for all other places clearly there's, there's some people have harder times than others or whatever but at least the place that i went to out of all the times i've went the one thing that remains the same is the feeling of unconditional 
absolute love when I leave that place. And until you do it, I just don't see how you're going to get there. I know that you can do it through breath work and meditation and Reiki and, and all of this different stuff. And I'm not denying that, but for me, it's like, I don't fucking have time to figure out all that. I just need to drink damn medicine and let it just blow it all out. (laughs) And that seems to be working for me, but I'm also an extreme person and you know, we would bicker or not bicker, but she kind of roll her fucking eyes at me. Yeah. And then when she came back, she was like, I just, I just never felt love like this before. And I go, ah, I told you, I told you, but that, I guess that doesn't happen for everybody. No, everybody's experience is going to be unique and, and what the medicine brings to them and what you bring to the medicine is it's going to create the magic right there. So that feeling that you, you talk about though, that feeling of love, like, even if it's not super overt that the connection that I feel to others is, is undeniable to mm-hmm. the, the entire universe. Like you, you no longer f- feel like you're a separate entity locked up behind your eyes, between your ears in this head. Like you are out there in the universe. You're not alone. The, our hearts all beat and, and share the same blood. And it sounds all woo woo and everything, but if you were to look at you, you're out here on a homestead. Do you have any bees? Not yet, but I want to. So you have a hive of bees, right? Like you have individual bees, but the organism is is the hive. Like it, it doesn't function without all of the members. Like it, it, it's a beehive. It's not a bee. Like, and it's the same with, with humanity. We're not individuals. We are a part of humanity, which is a part of this reality. It's not, nothing is separate from the next. I know. Uh, other than by words. So when you realize that you're continuous with that process forward and back, that it's harmonious, then you can start truly experiencing love. But I, I think at least in my own experience, when, when I've been at those places where I'm like, fuck everything and fuck everyone, when I look in the mirror, fuck that guy the most, right? It, it's a reflection of my own internal reality. And once I was able to get that right, then I was able like, how do I love others? Well, you gotta love yourself. It's the external world will reflect where you feel inside. And so once I got over the doubt and all of those accepted my own fate, allowed my ego to die, it's an egotistical thing to say. I love my ego to die. Look at me. I'm egoless now. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's like, dude, we still have an ego. Our you, ego you still will... have it. But I recognize its limitations. It's like, it's a good social tool, right? Yep. And, and so if somebody says something to me, like, I, you got to be like, you know, Marcus Aurelius, it's just stoic. Like, it's not me. Like, yeah. And thank God they're talking this shit because they don't know about the other shit that they could be talking about. So <laughs> right. God, it's that, right? Yes. So, you know, um, how do, I, I always find like coming back from, especially with the medicine and integrating back into real world, like where the rubber meets the road. Like I have this, this ideal of, of self that is ego, which I understand is clearly not me. I'm not this sum total of my memories. I am not my work resume. Like I am not those things. I have done those things, but even beyond that, like there, there's a consciousness that I am that transcends all of that. And when I'm in that state of consciousness, I feel that state of love, of, of non-judgment, of acceptance, of peace with all things. And like, if, if that's a drug, if a drug makes you feel that way and want to be a better person and to take care of other human beings and take care of your environment and be more conscious and intentional, then I'll do drugs all day long. 100%. <laughs> like 100%. If that's what you're gonna call yeah, it. if it's creating better human beings, a better life, yeah. a better information, you're you're essentially you're ascending. Yeah. And yeah, if if you don't like that, hey, 
I, I don't know that we're the same then. No. Who who can you who could not like that? I mean, half of the half of the time when I'm on my podcast and I'm talking about all of this shit, spreading love and compassion and learning how to cooperate and build community and just all of the shit that I talk about. It's like if you listen to this podcast and you're like, fuck that guy. We we I don't want you on my team anyways. Because if you're against having like a more symbiotic, harmonious life here on earth with with all nature and you're against love and becoming better and helping thy neighbor, you're the fucking enemy, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like how can you be that unconscious? Like like there should be some fundamental things that all of humanity can agree on. And like lately it doesn't seem like there's any common ground sometimes. I know. And it's bizarre. It's it, this complete demoralization of a, of an entire population. So you got to turn off the media. Like I, spending six months down in, in central America, I, I had my Wi-Fi off. Like I had no idea what was going on here. Yeah. And so here I am living in this little place way out in the middle of the jungle. It's kind of like being on a ship in the ocean for, for all, for all intents yeah. and purposes. And, and that becomes real world. Like there's, I don't have to worry about American politics or Russian politics or Ukraine or anything like that. I'm this, it doesn't matter. The entire world can nuke itself and we'd be happy here. Yeah. So if that can be your reality, then, then it can be my reality right here. Like I can start denying these systems that have these controls over our, our, our souls and our minds and creating new systems for ourselves. Yeah. And uh, that is why nobody, or the powers that be don't want, Plant medicine's legal. That's why they want you numb with alcohol. You can get alcohol anywhere, but if you could go take ayahuasca every weekend or find mushrooms here or there, you'd be ungovernable. You you, <laughs> you wouldn't let these people be in charge because like you would see them for what they are. Hundred percent. So yeah, that's um. I wonder about that. That it's not for our own good, and and so then you ask the question why? It's been this way for a long time. For a long time. Long time. If I go, I mean, if you come right down to the bottom of the hill, you're in Dairyland. Okay, all the dairy farms are down in Savannah. If you walk in like early October along the side of the path, you will find mushrooms coming out of cow patties. If I pick that mushroom, I can look at it, but if I pick it, not even eat it, if I get caught picking it, it's classified the same criminalization as heroin and cocaine oh, and PCP. Yeah. You're a felon. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck dude this thing grows out of a cow poop on the side of the road in the dairy pasture yeah. it's just it, yeah. and it goes back to why why would something so asinine as that put me in fucking prison yeah it, and when i was a police officer i had a big big problem with that because i i slew libertarian mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if what you're doing isn't bothering somebody else especially if, when it comes to your body yeah that's your fucking business the consequences of your actions are yours but yeah. like if you had simple possession, I'm not going to jam you up on that. That's your that's your body, right? Do no harm, man. Yeah, but the first time I had mushrooms, I'm like, that's that's interesting. <laughs> why? First of all, why does another group of men over there have a right to tell me as a grown ass man what I can and can't put in my body? I can go to the grocery store and buy 15 variety of mushrooms, but if I touch that one by the cow patty, I'm a felon. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And it's not because these things are lethal. They don't kill you. No. You can't overdose. No on one's them. ever died ever that I've came across from uh, psychedelic mushrooms. From pretty much any psychedelic. You can't overdose. And it's not habit forming. You can't do them every day. You can't even do them every week. Nope. Like, like you, you could, but 
it's going to burn out quick on yeah, you. Yeah, it just doesn't even work anymore. You don't want to. No. So so it's not addictive. It makes you want to be a better person. It makes you ungovernable because you question the political realities that you live in. And it grows in, in, in cow shit. Yep. It's free. <laughs> and you hear the stories like uh, the first time I ate mushrooms, actually, I was in high school. And this is, you know, we're high school kids. There's no intention set behind it. There's no, it's fucking eat the mushrooms and see what happens, right? And every time I ate mushrooms, I always had a great time. But there is people that I know who had terrible trips. And at some point, now that I'm an adult, I've talked about, you know, I've grown my own mushrooms as well. I've talked about microdosing mushrooms. And, you know, through the essentially firsthand experience of trial and error through my own shit. And what I found is that, If you eat the, the, like, okay, we'll go back to the intent, the intention thing where someone's like, oh, well, I had a fucking terrible trip and all this stuff. And it's like, well, why don't you try it differently? Rather than going to a party with 30 fucking drunk, crazy dudes doing, imagine doing, being around alcohol and right? psychedelics and doing keg stands and people doing blow off the fights. fucking counter and yeah. fights and you eat mushrooms. And I bet you did have a bad trip. Try it differently. Try it like you said. Yeah. Why don't you go out in nature by yourself yeah. or with a buddy who eat them with you? I've found that if you hang out with people who did not eat them with you, it the the, the, the vibes off. off. And, and that's why in, in the ayahuasca ceremonies, even as a helper, as someone who's up, we all we all drank because it puts you all in sync. Yes, yeah. you the the shaman, everybody. We're all under the medicine. So I have found that if you hang out with people on mushrooms who are not on the medicine with you for me i actually it can't even be this is how crazy i am it can't even be someone where it's like oh he ate mushrooms too no i literally gotta watch you eat them with me so uh, i know so that like i don't even know it's super weird but that is that instead of doing it like a drug uh, psychedelics are not party drugs i understand lsd can be used as a party drug yeah. but at least mushrooms ayahuasca they're not party drugs no. So if you do it instead of like recreational purpose to get high and go have fun and you do it as a spiritual journey where you set an intention and you're going to learn, I can guarantee you that your, your journey in itself will be exponentially different. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It'll be a different movie altogether. Yes, yes. So that's my, my my one thing to say to the people of like, oh, well, I heard, you know, my buddy tripped out or thought he was going to be, my stepdad ate him when he was younger, thought he was going to be a retard for like eight hours, all these different things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but did you learn something? Because yeah. a lot of times, even in a bad trip, whether it's mushrooms or ayahuasca or iboga, whatever it is, the bad trips are still teaching you things. Well, the, the, the bad trips that I've, I, I wouldn't say bad, but the difficult ones yeah. that, that were emotional that, that you had to deal with are the best ones because they teach you the most. They and, heal the most. They heal the most because it, it, it's revealing the shadow and you have to go stand in, in front of that and you don't want to stand in front of it and you have to face your own mortality and look at all the, all your self-induced miseries and realize, fuck, this is all me. Yes. All me. Yep. And then when you accept that and you surrender and you surrender that idea of ego, you feel light as a feather you're freed from that so yeah yeah and then also like the microdosing thing i was microdosing for a while and um so the last time i ate mushrooms i had been microdosing a little bit but then i was like i'm gonna eat i'm gonna have a journey and 
it didn't re- go very well at all. I was actually miserable the whole time. Not miserable as in like a difficult trip. I just couldn't get comfortable. I was like clammy and sweaty. I wasn't f- like fully going in. I couldn't fall asleep because I know I was getting irritated and just wanted to go to bed, but then I can't fall asleep. <laughs> and essentially it was just me laying on the floor for seven hours. And I was like, we're not doing that for a while. Then the next day, I like the, maybe it wasn't the next day, a couple days, it, it would be back to the microdosing schedule. So I was doing five on two days off the Paul Stamets little thing with lion's mane. I don't want to eat the mushrooms anymore. Started pulling them out and it's like they, I would look at them and like, they would just tell me like, Hey, we're not eating them anymore. And I stopped eating them. And every time I'd go to pull them out, I would get this feeling of like that the mushrooms don't want you to eat them. Well, I don't need the mushrooms anymore. Okay. And I haven't been microdosing cause I haven't fucking needed. Every time I look at them, they tell me that I don't, that I don't yeah. need them. Well, I was eating them every, every five days, two days off for five months and then i ate a bunch of them nothing good nothing happened all i felt was like i don't need that right now well to me this is great medicine isn't that how medicine is supposed to be you don't need to keep taking it right and when when the time calls i feel it i will come back but the medicine also tells me when hey man you're i don't need you don't need me anymore you're starting to use me for reasons that don't need to be done that's what I started taking from my ayahuasca. Like after about 15, 16 experiences, like doing two or three a week, mm-hmm. like I'm like, why don't I experience like everybody else does? Like it, it doesn't take me to those places. And I realized like I'm already in that place. Like I'm awake within the dream right now. I'm in a psychedelic reality as we speak. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Like it, it, it's kind of funny because I, I, someday you feel like you're, you're a jester in this world, right? Uh-huh. Like you don't take anything seriously anymore and drives people freaking bonkers yeah that you're like this is so serious like, it's a, it's a no game. it isn't it's a, it's a game it's serious as we make it bro yep like let's play this as a game because like once you understand the rules then it's a game if you don't understand the rules it seems very frustrating yep and so as you start to learn that and and yeah that's that's a big takeaway for me on that fucking <laughs> a. fucking a. i love that and i love too that after people have taken some type of psychedelic experience maybe not the first time but if they're you know not a brand new rookie or newbie at it they everyone so far that i've came across has come to this conclusion of the i am Mm -hmm. who am i what am am i I? what is this thing what am i doing here where did i come from like all of a sudden all these questions that i think like i had these questions when i was a kid but then it kind of gets beaten out of you or are you not beaten out of you? You get told who you are. Yeah. You, you are Tyler. You are this. You go to this school. You you wrestle. You are a welder. You, and then that's what I am. These I, these identities that yeah. we put under only to find out it's like, no, no, no. I'm not any of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that those are just things that I've experienced or have done. But I am is there's like the little I am, the little Tyler, which is this. Yes. And then there's the big Tyler, which is the all, the, I am. all, the, yeah. the real I am, the, right? The, the, the capital. The same I am. When, when Moses asked God his name on the mountain, he said, well, what is your name? He says, I am that I am. I am that I am. And, and all of us all day long, like I am this, I am, I am, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you are, you are claiming what you are. Yeah. You are the great I am. 
Yeah, we are not we are not our body. Nope. And the first time I have I've talked about this before, but the first time I witnessed that was not under psychedelic experience. It was at my my father had a when he died, he had an open casket. And I was this might have been like a day before my sixteenth birthday. My grandma and my uncle said, Hey, your dad's at the Jones and Jones funeral home in Wenatchee. He's got an open casket. If you would like to go see him, we'll go down there. And I have two little brothers, younger brothers. They're five and six years younger than me. And they they were too young, right? If I'm just turned 16, they were 11 and 10. So it was just me. And actually, my, my best friend was with me. And when we went there, I remember walking in. My uncle had Kiss playing. Like, I remember there was another family over here, like, in a different room. And, you know, they got the funeral music going on. And I walk in, and it's, like, fucking Dr. Love or Love Gun <laughs> or some shit like that. <laughs> Kiss playing in the funeral home. I remember a pack of Marbreds sitting in his fucking front pocket of his shirt. A guitar pick. And I think, like, I don't even remember motocross goggles or gloves or something and i i wrote a note like a a love note to my dad and i folded it up and i put it in his pocket and when i felt him he felt well different not the same yeah and i remember looking at him and it was like a shell like i remember looking at him and me thinking like that's not my dad and it reminded me, you know, I grew up in Linwood Edmonds area. So growing up at the beach, it reminded me of seeing a crab shell on the beach. Yeah. You lift it up and it, there's nothing in it. The crab is not there. This is just the shell of the crab. The crab is gone. I don't know what the crab is, but the crab <laughs> is not there. Right. And I remember thinking the same thing with my dad. My dad is not here. This is just a shell of my dad. He doesn't feel like my dad. I don't feel as in physically feel like my dad spiritually it doesn't feel like i'm in the presence of my father my protector i've always sat with that thought and then the 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 mushrooms and the ayahuasca come in and it's like you're right this body is literally just my vehicle to experience this reality and that's it and yesterday i was teaching uh, jiu-jitsu fundamentals class for adults and i was going over some like forward rolls back rolls and shrimps and we had a brand new woman there and she's probably in her mid i don't know late 30s early 40s and i was kind of going over <laughs> shrimping and do you do you do jujitsu? Yeah. okay so obviously you know what shrimping is yep. and i'm Telling her, like, you know, this is what we do. If we, we have all of our surface area flat on the mat, we have no mobility. There's lots of friction. It's hard. So we're going to play on our top foot and our shoulder, and we're going to shoot our hips back. And as I'm doing it, I'm, like, going over all these things. This is how we do our body this way. This is how we do a forward roll. This is how we tuck our chin. And I didn't think of this at the time, but when I got home from the gym last night, I went out and smoked a joint and I came in laughing and Vanessa's like, what? And I go, I have such a stone thought. <laughs> and she's like, what is this thought? And I said, I went over teaching what I just told you. And I said, it's almost like we were put in like a transformer. 
And I just told everyone how to operate their fucking, (laughs) you you know what I mean? It's like when you get put on the ground in your vehicle, (laughs) this is how we get back up to create distance. And I was like, just sitting there thinking like, that's exactly what this is. You have our, the real, I am the real Tyler, which isn't named Tyler. That's just the name that we give this body. Mm -hmm. And we're put in this thing. And fuck, dude, some of us have made it 30, 40, 50 years and haven't even got the operator manual of how to use this thing. Yeah, yet. that's the incredible part. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I've used that that analogy. It's funny that you say that, that that doing psychedelics is like having administrator privileges to your operating system. Yes. Like you could go in and like see your settings in your head and your emotions and your being and like start to change dials. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I, I can change this. I can set this down. I can pick this up. Uh, this doesn't serve me. Turn that off. You can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's bizarre. And I've heard it. I personally haven't experienced this in my ceremonies, but I've witnessed at least three or four people now who have, from what they say, David, this is what they experience is that like like spiritual or mental surgery. Like they literally went and got surgery. And some people even say that these little like machine robots or, or praying mantis things are the ones doing the work on them. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, man. Yeah. It, I've heard... The uh, the medicine place I was at, they they describe it a couple different ways. That sometimes that ceremony can be like a school mm-hmm. where you're getting an education. Sometimes it can be a hospital where you're getting something removed or, or something put onto you. It could be a temple. It, so they're just depending on what you're needing and coming into that. And that's why I think like I'm not an ambassador for ayahuasca. Like for for me personally, mushrooms is a far more effective. I get a much better experience out of mushrooms yep. than ayahuasca. Yeah. The medicine is you. It's it's what's inside of you, but it is a cheat code. Like you, <laughs> it, it allows you to experience those, those things that I, I don't think we would have normally come to in a normal state of consciousness. We are so far removed from nature in, in the modern world. I think primitive people who live very close to nature probably understand a lot of these things and don't need the medicine as much as we do because they just they they're live, already connected. They're already connected. We are disconnected, and and by being more holistic and, and taking these plant medicines, which are natural things, it connects us back to environment. So I, I'm grateful for my experiences because I am much more conscious about what I eat, the, the things that I do, where I go, the, where I spend my money, how I treat the environment around me, like all of those things like I was not conscious of, just yeah. blissfully ignorant. And now it makes a difference. Your thoughts. Yes. Your thoughts. I used to not pay attention to my thoughts. Like I just let my brain think whatever and just not even think much of it. And now I actually pay attention to my thoughts. And when my thoughts start to get a little dark or wicked, I put a halt on that because uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly like what it is, but this intention thing has just like, really overtaken me mm-hmm. i didn't have an attention intention in life up until a year ago when i was told that i was going to go to ceremony and that i had to come up with an, an intention to go there and it's like i don't really have an intention and now it's like my entire life is based off intention yeah. that intention was like the fucking golden ticket for tyler i had to learn that no matter what you have intention, whether you think so or not. And if you don't have a focused intention and you're letting it wander the way that I was, that is manifesting a lot of things that I don't want in my life strictly because 
I have no discipline over my thoughts. Yes. Yeah. It, it's like, like sowing a field, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're disciplined and you, you, you dig the rows and you come by and you plant, like it'll come up nice and neat. You can go out there with a the rototiller and just throw a bunch of shit out there undisciplined and some stuff will come up, a bunch yeah. of weeds will come up and you'll get a little bit of yield. But if you are disciplined, what you're going to get out of there is going to be amazing. It's just so much better. And you don't have to sort through all this shit and figure out like, well, is this a weed or is this a, a, a an herb? or yeah. You know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. We'll throw all of them out. I don't know what any of them are. It's like, oh no, all three of those were golden gems. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think for me, just the, the things that, Maybe not things, the wisdom maybe, or the knowledge that has either been downloaded or uploaded, not sure what one it is, after these medicines has been just astronomical on my, my psyche, my spirit, my, my ability to feel like grace, oh, a big one, yeah. grateful, um, that before, you know, it's like, I'm always dwelling on the negatives or I'm always wanting more. It doesn't matter. I get, I win a million dollars and now I need $2 million. Yeah. Like it's always not enough. Nothing's ever as good as it is. And now, not that I don't have goals and missions and dreams I, we absolutely do i mean we, we're gonna fucking do one right as soon as possible but i also can sit back and pause in the present moment and and for one give myself grace and for two be grateful i mean i have a beautiful home i have a beautiful family i have a lot of land i'm connecting with awesome humans now my spirit is more happy and thriving than it ever has the amount of knowledge and information that I'm gathering and then can, can now, I wouldn't say that I ever had imposter syndrome. It's not that I didn't believe that I was like good enough. It was that I was kind of black pilled with what's going on in the world. And after 10 years of learning what I learned and seven years of those, me just getting shot with arrows and beaten down by trying to tell everyone that I, I almost was at a point of despair. Like, we're all going to fucking die. We're all going to end up transhumanism robots. We're all going to be sterile, transgender, and we're going to live a, a social credit system. We're all going to be slaves in a, in a virtual cage that's going to be global-wide because every motherfucker is too stupid to pay attention, and they just don't get it. And so when I was in that when I was in that position or those feelings, I could not, I could not like gather the wherewithal or come up, muster the courage to, to set out to do this. Why even make a podcast? Yeah. In my mind is like, well, I'm just going to be censored and banned. In my mind is no one wants to listen. I've been trying to talk about this shit to everyone I've ran into and no one wants <laughs> to listen. So why would it be any different? I came across of, well, if they ever implement a, like a digital something, I'm probably not going to be allowed to be on the internet. I then came to the point of pretty much why there's going to be a cyber attack and an EMP and they're going to knock out all of the fucking electricity anyway. So 
and I, that yeah. this is this yeah. just constant just negative, 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 negative of worst case scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the plant medicine, I think you kind of talked about it of like being the jester. It's like, well, fuck it. If it happens, then it happens. There's nothing I can do. I, I'm not in control of the push on the grid. Nope. I'm not in control of who censors, but I'll tell you right now, I can do it for as long as I can. And the worst is going to happen is it doesn't work, but at least I did it. Yeah. You were true to yourself. Like, and that's all you can do. It's like all of humanity, if you look at history, has has its struggles. Every generation, so whether it's World War II, whether it's revolutions and rise and falls of empires, like we're not unique. It's not like we're sitting on the pinnacle of history. So yeah, things look a little crazy but you can look in a different direction and things look awesome. Like you get to choose. It's a choose your own adventure. So if they want to suck you into their drama, then by all means go play in that drama. If you want out, stop playing, say no, Yeah. don't give it, don't give it your conscious consent. And, and I find the more I, I turn everything off, the less it ceases to exist. And if I do come across things, it's like, I just stand on principle. And like you said earlier, like you're living in like two different realities. You're separating from people like, there are people I come across who have masks on and stuff and God bless them. Like I don't want anything bad to happen, but they are an NPC. If you have a mask on at the store, I'm not going to acknowledge your existence. You, you, you do you. Yeah. You're to me, you've been mind wiped. Your soul has been hijacked. You've all know a Harari who is Klaus Schwab's little fucking right hand spokesman talks about hacking humans. Yeah. They've known, they've known this for a hundred years, 200 years with, with all the early psychology work. They, they know, how to, <laughs> they know how to address frame rates on your television to induce certain physical states and controls. Same thing with your television or your, your telephone. Every, through like flicker rate and shit. Flicker rates, like casinos hire psychologists to come in and design the casinos so you can't get out. They put the right kind of, they, they spend <clears throat> billions studying human psychology because we are animals, right? They, they understand how to Pavlovian condition us very subtly through the movies. That's why they want us when we're real kids sitting in front or little kids sitting in front of television, being in government schools, being in their approved curriculums, watching their approved news networks, reading their approved books. And, and then you come out in this worldview that is firmly placed in this cage yeah. that you can't exit. From. A literal Truman show. So it is a Truman show. And then once you realize that you're like, Oh wait, like, I can, I have the ability to question these things you, because you're taught, you don't have the ability to question. Yeah. And once you do, it's like, what is stopping you or me or anybody else from, from like rejecting the reality that you see and substituting your own? Same thing with like your faith. What faith are you? Whatever faith you determine, like you could sit down right now and write your own religion out because God dwells in your heart. It dwells in your soul. That's the only place you can connect with the divine is with within your own heart. So your connection to the mystical isn't what I tell you it is. It isn't what that guy a thousand years ago has told you what it is. It's what it is to you right now. Yeah. And you have that right. And just because you happen to be born here doesn't mean you're subjected to these political authorities either. Like, is an accident of geography that I was born an American. Why do I owe my allegiance to these systems, to these laws? I didn't vote for any of these. When do I get to be in charge? When do I get to make decisions for myself? <laughs> Those are all all very, you know, very valid questions yeah. that that to be honest, I think a lot of adults are not asking. Yeah. And, and they're afraid to because with freedom comes responsibility. And and like Voltaire said, you are as free you're as free the moment you choose to be so. Mm-hmm. And and once you make that that freedom, it doesn't matter like what the political reality is. You could lock me in a cage, you can make me break big rocks into little rocks with a hammer all day long. 
but to be a mental slave it requires my consent. Yeah. Like, like I can choose to be free even in shitty conditions. And once you choose, like, even though I'm working a job that I hate and it's a hamster wheel and I want to like, Hey, I, I can change. Like I'm not a slave to the system. Like, I, like, like Neo escaping the matrix, right? You start yeah. to wake up. You're like, Oh, there's different ways. Like I wasn't told the truth. I, this distorted reality that I've been handed is poison. And they do it. They do it so well by just like forming the, 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 the cattle line, you know, for me growing up, it was pretty much if you want to be a successful adult, you must go to school for 12 years, graduate. Then you have to go to college. You need to get a bachelor's degree. Then you need to go to the university and get your master's degree. And then you will be a doctor, a lawyer, a firefighter or whatever it is. And that's how you do it. And that is a way to do it. I'm not saying that's the right way or the wrong way. That is a way. But I also believe that we're not all equal. I don't think any of us are equal. I think we're all equally important. I think that we're all equally unique and special, but we're not the same. Chris, you can do things that I cannot do, and I can do things that you cannot do. Doesn't mean I'm better than you. Doesn't mean you're better than Just me. Different. It means that we are not equal. You are Chris, and I am Tyler, and every other person is their own unique individual expression of consciousness, awareness, whatever you want to want it to be. Now, brain fart, guys. <laughs> I sit here and got too too fucking deep into my own thought and had to get into Derailed. it. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to push pause, and I'm going to go smoke a joint, and then we're going to come back. Fantastic. All right. That's, All right. What, that's what we do when we have brain farts. <laughs> Usually, it's the other way around. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> okay, guys. We're back. We went and smoked a joint, and... Don't remember what we were talking about, but we're going to go on to some new new things. And right before we started, um, Chris was like, what kind of dog is that? He's a fucking huge dog. And for those who don't know, I have an Alaskan Malamute. We kind of went over a bunch of shit. And long story short, I people have asked me why I haven't gotten rid of my dog, even though he has killed multiple chickens and ducks and he's just a, a terror and the reason is is because for one i got him knowing all of that that he is one step below a wolf that he is not domesticated that he will kill all livestock that he can't be off leash and for two i mean he did what he's designed to do yep if I had a, you know, an eagle, would I kill? Would I get rid of it because it was flying around looking for fish, eating the kids' hamsters? Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> if you don't want that, then don't get that type of dog. Yeah. And I didn't get a lab or a golden retriever or anything like that. I got a dog knowing damn well the type, and I deal with the consequences. However, he is a fucking giant ass dog. He is big animal. He is so, like you said, you can't get mad. What is it you said? I you can't get mad at, at an animal for its nature. Yeah. Like that's what it, that's what it is. That's what it does. And, and like you said, you knew that going in. So, um, there, it reminds me of a, uh, there's a Buddhist uh, parable where there's an old monk and he's meditating by a stream. And as he's sitting there meditating, he notices a scorpion going down by the bank and it falls into the river and it's about to be swept away and it's struggling. So the monk realizing that the scorpion is about to be drowned, reaches his hand in the water to help the scorpion bridge out of the water and as he does the scorpion stings him in his hand he shakes it off there's a, a 
farmer who's walking behind the monk and he sees this happen and he laughs at the monk and goes, ha ha ha, foolish old monk. The monk shakes his hand for a second and he's like, okay, reaches down a second time to help the scorpion out of the water. And the second time he helps it, the scorpion really stings him really good, but he's able to get the scorpion out and put him on the dry ground. And now his hand is swollen and obviously in pain. And then the farmer says, you foolish old, old monk, like, why would you help such a vile, disgusting creature? And the monk says, it's in the nature of the scorpion to sting. That's what a scorpion does. It's in my nature to help. I don't let my nature be changed by somebody else's nature. So to apply that broader to my life, like if I choose to be a being of empathy, compassion, of, of love and joy, when I come across that sour person at the DMV, that disgruntled <laughs> government worker behind the counter who told me I filled out the wrong form, that's, that's the test. Right. That's where the rubber meets the road. Am I going to meet that energy and, and, and curse this, or am I going to be different? I think that that is one of the pinnacles of becoming a mature man. Or maybe woman, for that matter, too, is to be able to hold your emotional composure in a time where your emotions want you to act in such a way and for you to be able to have the the, the maturity and strength and discipline to say, that's not correct. We're going to do it like this, even though everything in my body wants to reach over and slap a motherfucker. We're going to give him love. Exactly. It's hard. Because, again, you can't judge. You can't blame an animal for its nature. Right. Right. And and that's on some level, I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant of all kinds of things. And I'm sure there's a ton of people in the world who'd like to line up and slap me across the face because I'm a dumb motherfucker. Man. <laughs> me too. I can only imagine. <laughs> so so where I'm at in that line, just like you talk about lining up in jujitsu, we know where we're at. Well, it's the same thing in, in real life. There's a whole bunch of people to this side of me who could slap me in the face because I'm a dumb motherfucker. So yeah, learning learning that composure and then not judging people for being under the spell or, or being unconscious. Like it, it's always up to the more conscious being in a relationship to be more conscious. It, it's up to you to know what you're, what you are and to maintain that and not be sucked back into the matrix and your, your ego identity to, to remain out of that. So when someone starts calling you names and doing all those things that presses your buttons, you got to realize like, this is a test. It's like every time I, I, I still get caught by my mother-in-law, but every time I go to visit my mother-in-law, I'm like, this is going to be a test. This is like Yoda. This is PhD level stuff. 25 years I've been dealing with this woman. God bless her. I love her. But every time I think I'm enlightened and I've transcended stuff, I spend a weekend with my mother-in-law and I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I know but, exactly. But at the end of the day, like when I really sit down and think about it and when I was in the jungle, like doing all that ayahuasca and spending a lot of time just sitting and meditating, it's like, over the course of my life, she's been one of my greatest teachers and it's been frustrating and headbanging lessons, but it, it has taught me so much because it's been difficult to get along with her. It's been difficult to relate to her. And how did, I always expected her to be different, but when I chose to be different, all of a sudden the nature of our relationship changed. And yep. when I stopped seeing it as an adversary relationship and started like, this is like Yoda, like sh this is a guru in drag. And every time I meet up, like she gets the better of me, like just 
unmasks me in a heartbeat. Now it takes a little while longer. Like a, the, the lessons keep coming, but they're like more subtle, more advanced. Yeah. Well, you're leveling up, right? <laughs> you're, leveling you're, up. you're getting better. But the tests never stop, right? Like you, you never stop getting those opportunities to be a little bit better. And, and we think it's like an A to B progression, but it's just a spiral of ever more subtle, ever more profoundly deep lessons that you come to. It is. And it's, it's interesting when you are, because I've had similar experiences with friends and family of like beating your head against the wall. Yeah. However, still loving them, still them still being important. It's not like a stranger where it's like, whatever, fuck it, go live your life. It's like, no, I still have to deal with like, or not. I shouldn't say deal with you. We're a family. So we're going to be encountering each other. Hopefully until we pass away. How the fuck can we get somewhat on like an even plane here? Right. And I've had multiple times now where I have the question and I would, I would like to hear your thoughts on it is beings that I know about energy and that humans have energy and you can feel the energy of another human being. You can feel the energy of an environment, a room, a place, a building. There's all these things that you can feel. Once you establish a conversation with a human and you realize that this human maybe it's not energy because people can still have good energy but not have the intellect or the intelligence yeah. okay so maybe it's not energy once you have established a conversation with someone and you now can understand where they're at intellectually do you this is the this is the question do you bring yourself down to their level or do you remain at your higher intellect or higher vibration and try and pull them up? I've gone through back and forth because (laughs) the latter, the one where you stay on the high vibe and you try and bring them up sometimes is misery and treachery and it's lonely and it's lonely and you don't get no girlfriends and you don't get any (laughs) new job applications or promotions nothing you, you don't get any new followers on the the youtube you don't get none of that but i think that's what you're supposed to do because there's certain people within my life that i will not name names that are not on it's not it's not that i'm better than them it's that i know information that they don't know yeah. that's simply what it is okay. do i dumb myself down and get on back to this mundane surface level of whatever King five said or Kim Kardashian or Oprah or whatever and play that game. Or do I not do that? And I remain and say, actually I would like to, you know, present this or talk X, Y, and Z. And like I said, I think it's the latter. I think that yeah. the, the correct thing to do is you, if, if we want to, get people to wake up or what whatever term you want it's not going to happen by looking the other way or dumbing ourselves down that's not how so as i would consider yourself and i a leader in whatever certain areas as a leader i came to the conclusion through my relationship with vanessa actually through a marriage relationship that like you said 
if maybe we just wait for the for the other person or the other thing to change, it might not ever do it. Yeah. You actually have the power, even when it takes two to tango or multiple to tango, as an individual, you still have power to change it by changing your perception or your, your behaviors or your actions. So Vanessa and I, people who listen to podcasts have heard we had some hard times in our relationship and, and we would be put in this negative, this negative feedback loop where it would just be like the same fucking thing and then the same conversation and then the same fight and then the same two weeks. And you could see it coming. Like, just, yeah, just like, oh, I could, we could watch it. Yeah. We, we could literally know like, hey, on Wednesday, we're going to have the talk. And then on Thursday, we're not going to talk. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you could literally watch it happen, but it, would, it was like clockwork. And I must have been listening to a podcast or, or read something somewhere I came across as the leader, which in our point of view, it's going to be this, but I was referring to back in the marriage. I am, I am the leader in my marriage. I must lead my people to whatever destination it is or whatever objective or mission that we want to do. Okay. So if you're waiting for the people that you're trying to lead, who are following you, to lead the leader to wherever we're supposed to go, you're going to do this fucking yeah. clockwork. And once I realized that, I applied that back to just this awakening, what's going on in the world. And it was like, oh, okay, if we want to lead the world to a better, more loving, harmonious place, well, we got to lead them to that. So that brings me into you are the founder of We the Medicine. No, no, um, no. I, I'm a. I, I went to one of their their uh, their not clinics, but one of the retreats that they put on. Okay, okay. And then I worked with them to put on the one the the retreat that Greg came to. Okay. So and then uh, in with talking with them, I'm trying to establish here in North America and everything. So I I am doing whatever I can to assist them in their mission. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's David Price. It, like. He's done some remarkable stuff to give him a shout out. So, okay. Like, David Price, shout out. Here. I'd like to meet him. Yeah. Hopefully we can get something together here this fall. Um, trying to get him up to the States and, and do some of, uh, some of his work. Like he, he's the real deal. Like he, he's a special human being and it's, he doesn't do the medicine. Like the, wherever he hosts retreats, if there happens to be medicine there, like the shaman there will do the medicine, but he's all about, you're the medicine. So teaching you all the, the breath work, the meditation, the different sort of uh, havening techniques to unlock what's already inside of you. Right. And like you said, like uh, you get to a point where like the medicine's really not affecting you. It's like, I don't need that medicine because I, I have it right here. Like I, I can access what I didn't realize I had access to. And I think that that's important for people to know too, because even though I talk highly of this, I don't want to glorify it into something that it's not. I am not someone, I don't believe, I personally don't believe that the, that the plant is the, the almighty God. No, I, I don't. I don't worship the plant. I thank the plant. I am grateful for the plant. I like my connection and my relationship with this plant. But ultimately, I don't believe that the plant is what, what the plant allows me to access things in, in is a cheat code. Yes. But... <clears throat> If you don't actually apply the information that you're gathering through these experiences and implementing them into your real life, which 
it's called integration. Integration is key. If you're not doing that, then you're just going to get high. Yeah, that's the work. Like <laughs> having seen so many retreats, so many people come through and, and partake in medicine, you could see the difference that it makes. Like over the course of a week, uh, people come through and two or three ceremonies later as they're leaving, like what a profound difference and like, like how humbling that was to be a servant to that and, and be involved. Yeah. Like, what a privilege to see that change. But then uh, from my own experience and sharing, like as someone who's kind of became like a de facto elder to folks is like, you have to integrate, like you can chase medicine your whole life, but like the goal isn't to be on the medicine path and just be taking medicine twice a week, three times a week for the rest of your life. If you're called to be a shaman and that's what you do is enter the spirit world with people, then that's your calling. But I think that's a very small calling yeah. for very few people. Like I think so too. And it seems like it's become kind of like a niche career for people. And I, I'm, I'm happy that there's people, but you're going to have to do some vetting in, in this world because there's a lot of people that are becoming very trendy in the, in the medicine community. Yeah. And if anyone's actually <laughs> seen what that consists of, <clears throat> it would take a very special human being to think that's what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a call. It's like, gnarly. You don't choose that. It chooses you. Yes. And, and the, the people that I've, I've met over my journeys, which aren't extensive, like, the legitimate medicine people, like, you know, like they're completely humble of heart. It's nothing to do about them. They are truly a servant's heart. And then you meet some people, it's all about the medicine. It's all about the experience. Look how cool I am. Look yeah. at my Instagram. Look at me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Business. There's a give and take, right? Like I, I have no problem with people making a living in this world because you have to eat. So yeah. you, you have to charge money for things. Of course. And it, you're doing something that is, that is. Of, of a very high value. Like for anybody out there who's never done a psychedelic or ayahuasca or anything like that, like as somebody who's suffered with PTSD, with depression, with a lot of other issues and been in counseling and, and done all of the traditional modalities, I can tell you that a single ayahuasca ceremony or a single mushroom journey is worth a decade's worth of counseling. Yeah. How much money would you spend to go talk to a counselor once a week for a decade? Yeah. Like, is two or 300 bucks for a ceremony that outrageous? No shit. It no really, shit. It, for what you're getting out of it is it's, it's unbelievable. And for people to balk at that, like it's like it, it I don't, I don't like <clears throat> there is nothing more fundamental than discovering the inner journey, like revealing who you are at the fundamental source. And that's, the, that doesn't have any value to you in this. Like I think it goes back <laughs> to like what we were talking about is that they just don't know. They don't have anything to yeah. compare it to. They're so, I always go back to the matrix being like a five cents prison. Yeah. So the way that you get stuck in, in this is just what I, I don't even know if it's belief because a belief is like concrete. Yeah. The way that I perceive this reality is people get stuck in the matrix by getting isolated into a five sense reality where we only have five senses. Because that's what we're taught when we're little. Yeah. But I believe that we have at least six, maybe more, but at least six. And the sixth to me is the gut feeling, the intuition, the thing that isn't your mind. It isn't something that you can touch, see, taste, hear, or feel. I mean, I guess you can feel it, but it's a, it's not a a physical feel or yeah. you don't you don't feel it with your nerves. Well, I guess you do feel it with your yeah. it's 
it's not something that you actually touch to get the feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling inside. Now, if you were to be stripped of that, you become like a robot. Yeah. You're programmable because there's something, in my opinion, of morale and obey. I was never in the military, but I have many friends who are in the military. And I have thought many times of situations where if I was in the military, if I was to get deployed to another country and was in war and my higher up says, you need to go and raid that house. And I go to do it and I find that there's just a mom and a, and a child needing bread in that house. Do I go and raid it or do because I'm obeying or do I go with my morale and say, I'm not doing that because there's, I'm just not that that goes against my thing. Now it's, it, that's not, maybe not the perfect example, yep. but there's, that's something where like intuition comes into play, right? Absolutely. And if you don't have that, then you can pretty much take morale out of it. The morality, yeah. The morality of something yeah. out of it. And it's just obey, which to me goes back like a robot. Yeah. You're programmable where that's why I have a problem with AI is because AI doesn't have feelings. Yeah. It doesn't have. There's no compassion. No compassion or zero. empathy is just, just program that. One or zero. And it. it's like program there and it goes in there and just bombs the place. Yeah. And it was, you know, a mom and two little girls needing bread. Yeah. Whereas a human, if you have that sixth sense you would be able to be like, I think it's the wrong house, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. So I see now is the, the discernment of people getting stuck in this five sense reality and it's imprisoning them. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and not to sound too woo woo on that. Like people will hear something like that. Like you're imprisoned in a five sense reality and like, what else is there? It's like, scientifically it's there like there's x-rays there there are like the visible spectrum of light what we see with our eyes is a tiny fraction of of all vibration of all sound and so it, if if there were sense organs that we have or didn't have or, or we don't know how to use like suppose that you had to learn how to use your ears but nobody taught you how to do that then sound would be meaningless right and even our own ears only hear a certain frequency of of all sounds that are available so our consciousness, you have to accept that like what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're sensing is a very, very small, minute amount of the totality of what is. Yeah. It's I mean, we're virtually blind in all everywhere. In all senses. Yeah, we're we're looking at a sliver, like a laser beam, and like the infinite you know, of of all that is of space. We have a laser beam of focus on this right here to the exclusion of everything else. Right everything else it's like if you had infinite television channels yeah. and we're on channel 13 yeah and we or we only think we have the basic you know package right and yeah like, oh there's this whole other i always have this dream i don't know if you've ever had this one before we're like there's this whole other wing of my house i wake up and i open this door i'm like i didn't realize how can we never come to these rooms like there's a whole like this whole section like <laughs> oh, shit it's the same thing like in your head like you don't realize that there are all of these layers or or not, i won't say levels but just different perceptions of reality that, that give you extra bandwidth to, to understand where you're at, to perceive different levels of perception. It doesn't mean that one is right or wrong, that I'm preaching a way to look at it. I'm just saying that there 
are a lot more ways of perceiving than, than most of us have been taught to believe. And most of us think that there is just this and nothing else. And medicine and meditation and these spiritual paths open you up to other possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Breath work is a huge thing. Yeah. It, it, I love doing breath work. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's fantastic. It's great. It's, it's, I think that we should be teaching children how to do breath work, essentially from the time that they can understand what breathing is. First thing, it, teaching kids how to meditate and, and breath work is a big part of meditation is like, we send kids to a timeout as punishment, but what essentially meditation is, is a timeout for adults. So why do we make what should be an, an opportunity to calm and self-regulate into a punishment? You go tell a kid to take a timeout and put his nose in the corner. He's just sitting there motherfucking mom and dad while his nose is in the corner. He, yeah. He's not reflecting or learning because no, I was that kid with my too. nose in the corner. Just, fuck <laughs> you, you know? Like, yeah. I hate you guys. Yeah. Like, but if I had, like I see these videos sometimes on, on some of the, the feeds I come across the, the channels and there'll be some five or six year old kid who's had like a really bad time. And he's talking to his mom. He's like, I realized my emotions were out of control. Like just so emotionally intelligent. Like my behaviors were bad because this had triggered me and I should have made a more better choice there. And like, they're looking back. I'm like, they don't teach this in school. Yeah, they don't. And, and, and at this point, it's obviously by design. Right. There, there's a reason why everything has gone the way it's gone, and it's not ineptitude. You know, there's still many, many, many millions of people in our country who don't know that yet. I, I have dear friends, family members that are very conservative Christian and everything, but they still watch Fox news and their kids still go to public schools, but we live in a good school district. I'm like, I don't care where you're at in this country. I guarantee you can go into a local high school and I can guarantee you what flyers and what flags are on the walls in there, regardless if you live in red States or blue States. Yeah. Because it's not up to the, it's people don't understand how the system works yet. No. You know? And the, the, the people that do that are still trapped within the system. There's still this right left dichotomy, this, good versus bad liberals versus Democrat. And like, it's so far beyond that. Like, like it, again, just a trap. And when you go back to what you're saying, I, I wanted to interject earlier about people obeying and just doing what they're told. And it's, it's out of fear. People are afraid to stand up. Yeah. People are afraid to, to, to be the nail because that comes with people don't want to be, have any notoriety. People don't want to be known for doing that. What Greg did was freaking honorable. What uh, other guys have did is freaking honorable. Making a stand and saying, no, I'm not going to bend the knee. No, I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. Pays dividends and that courage is contagious. But so many people are ruled by fear. So they do whatever they're told and they live in their cage. They live in their box and they see the inevitability of what's coming and they resign and like, oh shit, there's nothing I can do about it. And then they just wait for the inevitable. See, and it's, and it's crazy to me because <clears throat> maybe it's crazy to me because I can zoom out and have educated myself quite extensively on the whole world agenda and who runs it. And that's probably why I don't comprehend this, but it's like, how, how do people not connect any of these dots that's been going on? Ignorance is bliss. How can people not question like, even to me, like is some, something as simple as like when you're driving down I five and it's perfectly blue skies and there's tic-tac-toe in the sky. Yeah. And they don't even fucking bat an eye. Yeah. 
It wasn't like that when we were kids. No, like, I, I remember looking at the sky, and I used to be a pilot. Like, I, like I, I understand how atmospherics work. I understand what a contrail is. I've left them before when when the atmospheric conditions are right. Yeah, but what we see today isn't what we saw before. And then the one thing I, I started seeing, and I've never seen this before in my entire life, is it'll be a beautiful blue sky, not a cloud in the sky, and you'll see a dark streak, like a shadow in the sky, and then a plane fly leaving a contrail right underneath that. And I remember the first time I saw that, I was at work. I was a police officer. I'm like, fuck, man, I've been a pilot. I'm an educated person. I've flown jets. I'm like, I have never seen a shadow in the blue sky before. And the guy I was with, he's like, oh, it's just a shadow you know, from the sun, from that contrail. I'm like, clouds don't leave shadows in the sky, bro. They don't. Have you ever seen a shadow in the sky? No. In a cloud. So what is that black thing, that black streak across the sky that I'm seeing that this airplane's flying right underneath, laying this white contrail underneath that black streak? And I've seen it a handful of times, maybe three or four times. I'm like, that doesn't look right. I've never seen that before. Like, what what phenomena is that? And then you get called a kook just for asking questions. Right? Yeah. Like, I have questions about this. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> why is it, why is it, bad to ask questions they've they've made it to where it's like offensive to ask a question it's, it's the hundred do you know the the hundred the monkey have you heard that uh, experiment that they the, something like they teach a hundred monkeys and then all the monkeys around the world know it no it, they they put a group of monkeys in a cage like 10 monkeys and then they suspended some bananas from the ceiling and created a ladder and anytime they would try to climb up the ladder to get those they would shock them okay and so over time, those 10 monkeys realize if you fucking touch that ladder, you're going to get shocked. Well, they started changing out those monkeys one by one. And they got to a point where none of the monkeys who were in the cage had ever been shocked. So they got 10 monkeys in the cage. Not one had ever been shocked. And anytime someone would try to climb to the top, even though they weren't getting shocked, they would get their asses beat by the other monkeys. Oh, shit. They were conditioned. So those previous generations, anytime someone would touch that ladder, the other monkeys would beat the shit out of them, right? That's how you control populations. That's it. Control. You teach them not to question. And if you do question, you're going to get beat down and ostracized from the group or social animals. Now you're going to be the crazy uncle that nobody talks to with your fucking tinfoil hat. And then that's how they get paralyzed by the fear right yeah, there. You get paralyzed. You don't want to be a <clears throat> guy. If these people who are paralyzed from the fear, you have, you have, in my opinion, three groups of people that I see in the world. Like Team America? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Three, kinds <of> people. <laughs> Three kinds of people. You have the people who have zero idea, your NPCs, your gammas, they got two masks on, fucking oh. driving by themselves. They have zero idea what's going on in the world. You have the people who, they do know, but they don't say anything. Okay? And then you have the people who, they know what's going on and they, they will fight to the death for for freedom essentially okay those are the, like the three groups that i see people who know exactly what's going on and will fight to the death people who know what's going on but are fearful of whatever consequences and people who they don't know what's going on okay the ones who don't know what's going on is not that great of a population it's not very many people the one who know exactly what's going on is not that many people. The ones in the middle who are like on the fence, they know, but they don't know, but they follow the rules, but they don't like the rules is in my opinion, the majority of the population. <clears throat> if these people knew that acquiescing to the tyranny, what type of nightmarish hell would come from it? 
the consequences from acquiescing to this supersede the consequences of fighting back right now a hundredfold in my opinion absolutely going back to in during the pandemic time of just wearing a mask people not wanting to wear the mask in fear of being kicked out of the store well by everyone complying and doing what they did they allowed other things to follow and if getting kicked out of the store is the worst in your eyes you have another thing coming because getting kicked out of the store is like not even a big deal at all oh okay really really there's like no con you can't go in the store okay you get in your fucking car and go to a different store there's many other things that you could do so by complying to that bullshit if or when something like this ever happens again either lockdowns or more tyrannical dictatorship totalitarianism whatever you want to call it happens the consequences will be so much worse Uh, and i think it's i I don't want to be a prophet here but i think it's coming i I think that this was a giant compliance check and they figured out how exactly what they can do and they margin marginalize anybody who resisted and they're it's coming again uh yeah it it will come again i I know So, so to everybody who's listening it's like reach down and grab a hold because when it comes this time around, you have no excuse. Yep. Like the last time I'll give you grace. Maybe you thought it was a real pandemic. Maybe we trusted the media cause that's what we believed. But if you still do that and you know, it's bullshit and you still comply, just look in the mirror and go, yeah, like seriously. And I love you, but I got no respect for you, man. No, because you don't, you don't respect yourself. You lack self-respect. If you are not willing to stand up and, and, use your god-given sovereign natural rights to 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 move freely upon this earth yes and that's the thing is like i keep going back to man the 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 world the nightmarish world that my children and my great-grandchildren and yours and everyone else's on this planet will be living in if we whoever's listening to this podcast and whoever our friends and family are do not fucking stand up the next time around we we get everything that we are fucking given if we don't stand up in my opinion if we do not stand up then we deserve every last piece of slavery because ultimately it's up to us we are in the one thing about freedom like you said earlier is responsibility the more freedom means the more responsible you have to be. And if you want 100% freedom, which I personally do, that means that I have to have 100% responsibility of my life, my children's life, my land, my animals, all of everything. If we don't stand up for it, it's going to be taken because this will be the first time that I know of at least Obviously, I don't know all of history, but that I've came across where there would be a complete global takeover through an artificial intelligence surveillance tracking system. I think it's already here. I, I think I, so. I, 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 honestly, I, I, I know. I, I know. I think we're it, just figuring out what already yeah, exists. Well, we're about to be told that it's here, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not just me and you saying it. Like, yeah. it, it's going to come to the point. So to me, it's like, man, <clears throat> there is no consequences that's worse for standing up and not complying than complying in the long run. Not just for ourselves, for our children, for, for humanity, for humankind. 
And I think it's interesting that you are on the same page with this yeah. because it's hard to find people who, who know this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, when, when you going back to what you say to, to fight back, like that's where, where I'm at right now. It's like, what is the most effective way to fight back against this? Like what, what is the enemy and how do I fight? And traditionally it'd be like, I'll buy another AR and a bunch more 30 round magazines. And like at the end of the day, like the violence and the oppression that is the system will not be fixed by more violence and more oppression. No, like, like there has never been a revolution in the history of mankind that has set everything to right. Like it, it doesn't like as much as you think like the, we were indoctrinated, the American revolution was a glorious thing. Like it didn't fix anything. It just changed where the, the local, the local of government was, Yeah, but it's still the same beast. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know, kind of get, getting off on. No, on fuck it. There. Yeah, but, like, you can say no. You, that, you, I love that. You can say no. And I love my wife to death, and I'm so grateful that throughout the entire fucking pandemic, I only wore a mask one time, and that was when I had to fly from El Salvador to Nicaragua because Nicaragua still required it. I never put one on. We went into stores. We went everywhere. And if we got kicked out, it's like, fuck you. I'm not coming back. Yep. Like, I will not put that thing on. Yeah. No. Because I, I knew it was bullshit in December of 2020. I knew this was going to be fake. Yep. And, oh, you could have known that. I told everybody I knew. And I was like, well, I'll watch what happens. And here it happened. Yeah. <laughs> And then they play the thing where it's like 18 months later, hey, remember when I told you, I had some people, hey, remember when I told you this? No, you never you never said that. Or I say, hey, remember when you said you were never going to get the jab? I never said that. The fuck you didn't? Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. And to watch, be, like, there's police officers that I, that I knew, like friends, who are as right wing as right could be, like you, me, and everybody else, die on the fucking hill. And they bent the knee and went and got the shot like a bunch of pussies. They fought and they put up court cases and they said, no, this is wrong. And at the end of the day, they still did it. Yeah, they cucked. And the thing is, You're is that... fucking coward. 100%. Coward. I, I agree. I agree. If, if in my opinion, if you want to get the shot, that... Okay, I think I yeah. can have my own opinions. Yeah. I think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. However, if you want to get the shot, get the shot. Own Amen. it. Yes. Own it. I Say, wanted this. I wanted this. But I fought it. I fought it. And then they threatened my job and I went and took it. No, dude. See, oh. how does your wife even fuck you after that? How do you look at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> I don't know. I like don't knowing know. Knowing that stuff is in your veins and watching people on, like died suddenly, like how many people are just keeling over. And what's happening, mm -hmm. what's going to continue to happen. Yeah. You know, like I don't... I'm just a, a regular dude who lives in the woods. But from what I've researched, it's all connected. Whatever the mRNA shit, the nanotech, the 5G, the internet of clouds, the, the digital ID, it's all intertwined. Yeah. And most people don't want to put a chip in their, their hand. But they'll take a jab. And I don't know if you guys have ever researched, but they've been making nano chips small enough to fit on the end of a hypodermic needle since the late 1990s. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're talking about putting like the vaccines and lettuce and stuff. So like you will consume it, whether you know it or not, like, yeah. it doesn't even have to be labeled. They can just put these chemicals, these medicines in your food. And how do you not overdose? Like how, how does that even get talked about as a part of like civilization where government entities are, are kicking around the idea of putting stuff in your food, in your water supply for your safety? I, I don't consent to this. No, I don't consent to I this either. I don't consent to any of this. I don't consent to secrets. I don't consent to wars. I don't consent to this violence. I don't consent to these things. I don't support these. This, I, I owe no allegiance to this. No. 
Yeah. Not in my name. See, it's that. It's that. And when we go back to how do we fight back? That's the fighting back. That, that is the fighting Create back. That's existence. the number one is, is I've said this too. Like I'm someone who trains. Obviously we're physically fit. We're fucking warriors. You are military. Most of the people that I hang out with, we're all cut from the same cloth. And I get that because that's just what, that's the type of people that I fit in with. But <clears throat> fighting back the way that I think that we should fight back is not, that warrior not the physical warrior no it's the okay? spiritual warrior it's the spiritual, it's spiritual warrior war. and the mental war the mental war is an information war okay we're constantly being fed misinformation and real information and things are being mixed matched and labeled and we're in this war where we have to fucking decipher yeah. what is right or not what is right what is true and what is false okay and, and, and discernment like there's so much knowledge out there so much stuff available and like you said, but it's the true skill isn't what you know. It's being able to discern between what is true and what is not true. And and so much of what is not true is ninety nine percent true. But there's like one percent truth that affects fundamentally. So like to be able to sift out like the lies, the falsehoods that are cloaked in in elements of truth is 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 the true test. Like yeah, that's, that's the intellect. And then the other thing is 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 saying no. Yeah. You have free will, okay? That was something that every human being was given when you were born, is free will. And therefore, no one can make you do anything, okay? So, for instance, let's go back to a simple one of Tyler not wearing the mask and going in the store and getting kicked out. I can simply say no. When they say, put a mask on, I can simply say no. When they are trying to force me to get a jab, to stay at work i can say no they're gonna throw all sorts of fear tactics that's gonna make your mind go fucking crazy and want you to cuck but where this the warrior spirit comes in the spiritual part is the ability to simply say no i am a free spirit i don't want to do that you don't have to yell you don't have to get emotionally out of control you don't have to throw fists you don't have to sling lead you don't have to fucking harm nobody you can simply say if you want to be really nice you could simply say no thank you yeah yeah i'm not I'm not playing the game thanks guys you, that's you, it you guys go ahead and play but I, i'm opting out because if we're playing the game like i see people i don't know i don't know your opinion on on this but uh I see a lot of people still hopeful that there's going to be like one person that's going to fix the entire world. No. Okay. I see people waiting for DeSantis to be president. I see people waiting for fucking Trump to be president. I see people waiting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be president. And the thing is, is <clears throat> I'll, I'll give people this. If someone fucking comes in and drains the swamp and fucking puts this puts this world back into harmony, that's fantastic. And I'm all for that. But I am not going to sit here and wait for one guy to take over a global takeover that's been in the works for thousands of fucking years. Humanity's looking for a savior. It's yes. been for a long time. And and the secular world is clamoring for its savior. It, it, and even the religious right think, like you said, if DeSantis gets elected or Trump gets elected, Trump was already elected once. What fixed? What was fixed? Oh, they got to wait till 2028. Well, if he gets elected again, what, what could, like, not that I have anything against the guy. No. But, but the reality is, is like, 
These are just human beings. These are other men, right? And at the end of the day, what is government? What makes our government legitimate? The consent of those governed. And I don't give it my consent. I think the government is is out of control. I think it's run amok. I think it's not serving the purposes of protecting its people. And according to the Declaration of Independence, you and I have the right to alter or abolish the government and institute a new one that'll govern and safeguard our, our future and our children's future. I am firmly in the alter or abolish. Actually, I'm just in the abolish state yeah. because what we have now is not going to be fixed inside the system. There's nobody who's going to be elected in a landslide that's going to set this to right. It's going to continue to divide the country. So until all of us collectively, right, left, center, straight, gay, men, women, black, white, and all come together and say, fuck these people, let's find a different way forward together and stop fighting each other and start working with one another because we all have a hell of a lot more in common with each other than we do with these billionaires that run our planet. Yeah. The reality of these the people who are out here protesting and fighting in the streets are like essentially brothers and sisters to one another, economic, socioeconomically. Yeah, they're all in our communities. They're all in our communities, same communities we live in. Yep. These people who live in these gated communities flying on private airplanes to Davos, slicing <laughs> up the world, making the rules, there's nobody who's going to get elected who's going to fix this Leviathan. The only thing that fixes it, if we all say, these governments are illegitimate globally. They're all illegitimate. They're not selected by us. They don't work for us. We're done. We're not paying your taxes. We're not obeying your rules. And God bless them. Like I've, I was in the military my entire life, served in the police department. My like That was my job. But if you want to violate people's civil rights and liberties for a paycheck, you won't be my friend. Fuck no. You're going to be an, an agent of the state. And as an agent of the state, you'll be a, you'll be treated this, this that that way. Yeah. So make your choice. You know, we talked earlier about spells and spelling, and when I hear government, I'm someone who has like dissected words. Okay, and government is dissected into is there is is two words put together to and rule the mind. That's right. Govern the mental. Mente. Mente. It's mind. Govern. Govern means to control. So when we say, hey, the government, it's literally a, an organization there to govern our mind. Yep. I don't want government. I don't want mind control. People need to understand what mind control is and how vast it is and how big it is and how it is literally in every single part of our lives from the grocery store to the the tv to the phone to the computer to the fucking ads to the newspaper to the catalog articles in your in your mail it's everywhere some type of of governmente so yeah. um when you were a pilot because i'm a crazy person and uh <laughs> i have some questions Is the Earth round or is it flat? Uh, or or neither. I, I'm not married to the globe. Okay. Um, I have I have questions like I have no definitive yeah. knowledge one way or another. Yeah. Well, this is the interesting. <laughs> I've never had a pilot, and I'm I don't fucking know either. No. And and, and so it's it's I've, I have questions. I've seen I've seen compelling things both ways, and it's like it's hard to wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, it's it's hard. I I, I can't say. I, I, I don't, you don't know, know. I don't know anything that anybody else does doesn't know because I, I haven't surveyed the entire planet. I haven't been up high enough. And like, <laughs> I, I always wondered that as a kid. Like, I would look at the globe. I remember have geography. I, I was a history major in college. So I love love geography. I love history. I love studying things. And I had this old globe on my my uh, 
desk in my room as a kid and I'd study all the countries and everything. And I remember looking and thinking like, man, Greenland is so big and like everything. And it's like, well, it's not really this size. Like there's not a globe that accurately represents the earth proportionally. Why is that? Like it should be a, a one-to-one. It's a scale model. Yep. Why doesn't the scale model not work out? I don't know. I don't know why that would be. No one can get high enough. How could you see the whole planet? How, how not? How, how did Felix Bumgardner, when he went up into space to do that jump, like go way up in the atmosphere for all that time and then jump and land a couple miles from where he took off at? Like, isn't the earth rotating at a crazy amount of velocity? Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, and, and when they're in the, the photos that were taken without the fisheye lenses at that altitude didn't show any curvature whatsoever. See, there's weird things. And so if you, uh, what's the fastest you ever went in the, in the jet? Uh, point two. So point two passes past the number. So Mach one point two. Okay. How about how I'm um, how eight hundred at sea level seven hundred some miles. Okay. Miles an hour. Yeah. So at seven hundred miles an hour, like if we go on Google, according to NASA and yeah. mainstream media, they say that the Earth is uh, eight miles square. The the curvature, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you were going seven hundred miles an hour, yeah. in order for you to not fucking fly off the ball into into space in a matter of like three minutes you have to keep up you would have to be holding your nose down were you holding the nose down the entire time you were flying no uh, there's like i I understand like how the aerodynamics work and and then they'll tell you like like uh gravity tidally locks things together like the moon is tidally locked to the the earth so that's why we always see the same side of it Mm -hmm. so the theory the theory is that like when you take off like you're gravitationally locked to the earth so regardless of where you move like you're still gravitationally locked in place but the butterfly can still but, but the butter- fly that way but the butterfly or still the, flies away right yeah. <laughs> so in an aircraft um so the more thrust you you add the faster you go okay. the more lift you generate so the more it wants to, to climb yeah so yes so at at sea level if we're doing 200 knots and i start applying power I have to trim the nose down because it, the the pressure on top of the wings it wants is to less lift than it up. So it wants to lift it up. That has nothing to do with the curvature of the earth. Right. It's, it's a function of speed and lift. lift. Um, but yeah, there's. I, I think the, the balloons are a bigger question, especially the high altitude balloons that get launched and go way, 100,000 plus feet into space. Satellites. And come down within miles of where they're at. If the earth is truly spinning that, that fast and this thing is going way up into the stratosphere, like they're, the ball should be spinning underneath it. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. And, you know, that that's the thing is like, I think I looked up one day because this shit fascinates me yeah. and I don't know. The highest I've ever been in just a regular jet line. Yeah. And I was always told the earth was round. So I probably looked out the window and saw round earth. Like, yeah. isn't that the, the Schrodinger, Schrodinger, Schrodinger's the Schrodinger yeah. cat experiment, yeah. right? It's a, and it's like alive and dead at the same time. Yeah, it depends on what you what, what you, you perceive, see, right? What you want to see. Now there's other things though, because although I think that like I personally think that whatever we're standing on right now is a flat plane. I mean, obviously there's mountains and valleys yeah. and shit, but the 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 realm itself. the realm itself that we're on, I think is flat, and I think that Antarctica has a huge thing to do with it. And I think maybe the, the, the space or extra territory or outer space is, is to the left and right rather than up. Okay. I don't know. So I can't say for sure. However, I have came across multiple things talking about a hollow earth as well. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that adds a new thing is like, okay, so 
I watched these two documentaries called Thrive, and one's from a long time ago, and one's a couple years old, and it's all about a toroidal field. And when I look and see that everything is made of this energetic toroidal field, it's essentially like a donut. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, is the earth like a donut, actually? Because if it's like a donut, then it would still have to have like a rounded edge over on the, over on the side. Or maybe it's flat with like a hole in the middle, and the donut is just the energy. But there's a, a flat plane, like yeah. almost like a cosmic egg. Okay. We are the yolk and the egg, but the, the yolk is a flat plane. Uh, I don't know, but I came across something that blew my mind. And this is good. Whoever's listening, you're going to be like, Tyler, you, you cease to amaze me with the fucking <laughs> things that you come up with. And it's like, hey, let me hold you right there. I did not come up with this, okay? Just repeating what I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just telling you guys what I came across. I first came across a documentary of uh, about World War II and Hitler called The Greatest Story Never Told. And it's about a six, maybe eight hour documentary that I watched on BitChute. And that opened my eyes to a whole new thing in World War II. Like, what was, I guess, a different side of the story, not the American side of the story. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. Then I was listening to this guy named Jeffrey Darty on Rockfin, and he had a special podcast, like, deep diving in to these documents from Hitler about Mount Utenberg Uten, or Utengard. I can't remember, but it's Mount Utenberg or Utengard in Austria, in the Swiss Alps, about fucking going in this mountain and taking him to this city called Agartha in, in the middle of Earth. And there's all these fucking blueprints. I mean, there's massive amounts of information on this. There's pictures of him, of Hitler and his dog, like crazy shit. And so then also in a lot of the Norse mythology, yep. there's, you can go inside the earth. Then I came across what's called the box saga. And they're talking about up at the North Pole, at the North Pole is the entrance to the to to the middle of Earth. If you go to maps, like prior to sixteen hundred, I think, up at the North Pole, there's four continents called Hyperborea, and there's a mountain right in the middle, right on the North Pole. There's many many documents and things now with this Tartaria shit being exposed of that area up there but it's never talked about no one that i know of has ever gone to the north pole that has has documented it just like traveling past the 60th parallel and yeah, south going south the next thing is on our globes if you look up at the top of the globe it's all just ocean now it's just blue ocean yeah so did four continents and a giant mountain just fucking disappear? Yeah. Were these people retarded and made stuff up a long time ago for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years? Yeah. Because I think they found like a, a map in China that was like a thousand years old or something like that. And they had those four continents and that mountain up at the middle of the North Pole. 
why does our compass only point to north? It doesn't point south. I guess the opposite end of the compass points south. Like it's, it's aligned magnetically. It is, yeah. but it's always it's it's uh, it's always it's, it's always pointing to the north. Yes. So south is any direction opposite of north. North. Yes. When you're at the North Pole, every direction is south. Every direction yeah. is south. So just some weird shit. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Those things always like it, fasc- <laughs> it fascinates me because there are. I have questions in this reality. Um, especially when it comes to like Antarctica and stuff like you think about the totality of the cold war, like how much the U S and the Soviet union were at each other's throats, looking for any sort of advantage, like under the ice, like ICBMs here and there. And yet in the early fifties, they all signed a peace treaty and nobody does anything in Antarctica together. Like nobody's going to use that for strategic purposes. And furthermore, nobody else can ever go there. And if you do, we're going to take you to jail and disappear you. That's weird. That is weird. I mean, this is humanity's home. This is this, ball or plane or whatever we live on like people should not be hiding information that's why i i I have such a a severe dislike for our government and the levels of secrecy if there are ufos they have no business keeping that shit from us yeah like i have a right to know this is my home this is my planet this is my government ostensibly we shouldn't have secret dealings with secret countries and these under like no i want transparency i want honesty i want light and and i feel either Either they're injecting these things intentionally to cause confusion and and they're like imagine the end around, right? Like we're gonna make a bunch of people who would normally be very critical thinking look stupid because we're gonna put just enough stuff in there to make them question, then we're gonna call them kooks. Yeah. Like flat earth society. Yeah. That's a prime example. Like, that's a psyop. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> to like make that, you look stupid. <laughs> that is owned by the same people who own nasa yeah they found out that we're doing this they start flat earth society then they put it number one on google so anyone who fucking types in flat earth they banned flat earth off or all that shit off of fucking youtube or anything that was showing questionable data and uh now if i say that i think the earth is flat people look at me like i'm crazy because they have this image of a flat earth like a, a plate earth in the middle of the solar system of the heliocentric model. Yeah. And it's like, no, bro, the, the whole heliocentric model has got to go. Okay. Put that whole thing out and let's just go with like a, a flat, non-rotating stationary plane. I didn't come up with that. That's in your FBI, your CIA and your military documents. So those guys are actually on my side. Okay. They do all the testing mm-hmm. over a non-rotating flat stationary plane. That's what it says in their documents. So, We'll just go with that, and then let's go from there. Yeah. Because ultimately, this whole takeover of humanity is about control. It's not to what, to what end. Like, to, like we could argue whether the Earth is flat or not. But right. like, what is like once you realize like all these conspiracies are all related, right? Yeah. It's not like one individual, one one people. Like, no. It's all a, like it's a spider web. Yes, and it, it is. all goes back to the center. Why? They have all the money in the world they can ever want. That's it. They it's have, not about money. Then what? Why? Like, there, there's a bigger thing. It's got to be a spiritual battle. There's yep. a spiritual component to this. There's an awakening happening, a conscious revolution in our hearts. Yes. And if they can keep us in a low vibration and hate and misery and just invective and violence to one another and towards ourselves, they they stay in charge. But they've stayed in charge for years. So I, I think maybe it's the the advent of the internet that allows people like us to get together and for people, whoever's listening to this, to our two fans out there, Hey, yeah, <laughs> shout, yeah, out, you know? shout out guys. But, but 
it's just like lighting a candle, right? Like you light a candle, they turn around and light two candles. Who turn around, like next thing you know, the entire church is lit. Yeah, right? but it, and they're running around trying to snuff this all out. Can't, but they can't. Cats, it's, cats it's, out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. So, so now they're they're trying to do, and and it's going to be harsh. And I think the next round of lockdowns, I think there, there's going to be persecutions. Yeah, and and you, when it comes back to fighting, like. I am not going to fight back physically. Yeah. I, if I have to die a martyr for peace and love, I will die a martyr, but I will not comply. Yeah. And when they send their armed agents to make me comply, I will not, I'm, I'm not going to comply. If they drag me before their courts, I will not stand before their judges. I will not acknowledge your legitimacy. These are illegitimate authorities, yep. illegitimate. And they, they have no right to judge me, to rule over me or to make rules for my life. No, fuck zero. Them. The other thing too is, do you know that all Walmarts are FEMA camps? Yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Like they'll move into a town and they'll build a Walmart, and then two years later they'll build a bigger Walmart and just leave the old one kind yes. of abandoned. Yes. Yeah. So the Walmart has a contract yeah. with FEMA that they can be turned into FEMA camps. Okay. Also, during the pandemic, many, um, like, what what was it called? Like the coronavirus camp. Uh, like a fucking concentration like camp. Quarantine. Camps. Quarantine. That's what it's called. We're built. They were actually built. Laws. Well, and, some here in Washington yeah, State. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's what I'm getting at. Those, just because those aren't like on your Instagram right now, or you're not talking about it on the news, the government doesn't build things like that if they don't plan on using them. Okay. Yeah. For me, I fall right into you. I will not fucking comply. I didn't comply last time. This time, I know it's going to be very different. Klaus Schwab says the next time this happens, it's going to make the COVID-19 look like insignificant. You know, and he says we need to prepare for a very, very angry world. They fucking know exactly what we're going to do. However, I'm not fearful of that. I will not comply. I will simply say no. There is one. I do have one thing where I will fight back. I will not go to a camp alive. No, nope. my wife, my kids, myself, no. Nope, we will not go to a nope. camp alive. You can take me to the camp. If I'm dead, do whatever the fuck you want with me. But as far as I'm alive, you don't get to take me no, because I, that is complying. If you take me, even if I'm getting beat up and they're dragging me, if I'm not trying to not drag back, if I'm trying to not get away... I'm complying, and I will not comply till the very end. No, I, I'll put that right out there with you too. Like I, I refuse to comply. Yep. And if your paycheck is worth it, come and try. Hundred percent. But I, I'd rather not. I to me, there's many things worse than death. Oh yeah, thousand things worth it. And what death. they have planned for us to me it's worse. is worse than death. It, it death is inevitable. Like if you accept the fact that your conscious reality, your ego, will end at some day then you can truly be free. Yeah. Like, what What are you afraid of? What's the worst they can do? Shoot you? Put a yeah. bullet in your head? Line you up against the wall? You can live free until the moment you die, or you can die a thousand times between now and then. Yeah. Choose your battle. No shit. Are you going to bend the knee and get the next fucking 10, 10 jabs? Are you going to wear a stupid mask over your face to have a meal at a restaurant with your kids? Yeah. Or are you going to say, no, I would rather live free and die than be a part of this nonsense? And then it would end, because what is the government? It's a group of people like us who's coming to enforce these stupid laws dumb guys like i used to be guys in badges with guns you know what these people live in neighborhoods your police officers are your neighbors so when they're out there doing tyrannical shit who's watching their families yeah yeah if you want to be out there rounding up people and sending them to camps or taking people to jail for 
breathing freely or daring to enter a store without a mask or going to a church and you're going to come down with the power of the state on people like that bad things might happen to you bro ah. i wouldn't do shit like that fuck no no dude you're messing with with people's livelihoods and another thing that i've noticed is that most humans are completely out of touch with how violent some people can be the, the thin veneer of society like ask any police officer like if, if shit gets severely bad enough and after about two days of people realizing cops are home defending their families and their homes from what's going on it's gonna be sheer anarchy yes sheer anarchy yes and so then what happens like it, ultimately like i said earlier like I, i'm in the 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 abolished state of our government yeah the, the entire system needs to be torn down i think it was designed i think it's running like a well-oiled machine oh, it's, it's doing exactly what it's supposed e exactly to do. so in that vacuum when enough of us in this area have said not nah, like this is not a legitimate authority anymore we don't care we're done we're revolting right yep we form our own chaz right yep and we have the political clout to do it and to hold on to it what does that look like and then what becomes after that what's the end game for us who are trying to fight against the system like what would a victory look like it might look like that that's all going on and we have our own little community within it yeah you know it might i would i would at this point i'm literally willing to do anything to not be a slave and what I mean by a slave is that it's one thing, like we can all say, oh, well, you have, you have to go to work and pay your bills, you're slaving away. That is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about what they have planned for us in the future, where every single move you make will be tracked, traced, your data on your physical body will be like stock on the stock exchange. They will track all the way. The, you guys won't even believe what I'm going to say, but they are already doing it tracking all the way down to your dreams and thoughts yes okay a lot of these bluetooth headphones that people are wearing the earbuds mm -hmm. are tracking thoughts your brain waves your brain waves okay gathering data gathering data data and so i understand that it's like well i don't do anything wrong so i don't give a shit and it's like okay for the for the couple months or a year that they allow that to happen but just like with anything you give them an inch and they take miles and miles and miles so you say okay well i'm not doing anything until they say hey you posted something wrong or you said something wrong or texted wrong you thought wrong you thought wrong last night you had a dream about having a million dollars and being full yeah today your bank account will not be working and it's brave new world right we're gonna take you to a re-education camp so that we can re-educate you so that you could be deemed fit for society because right now you're mentally ill and see mentally ill people have to be taken to these camps yeah <laughs> it's like oh fuck man and it's history repeating itself and like as a historian that's the part where i just want to smash my head up against a wall it's like bro it is the same thing happening like you're like the compliance i listened to a guy he was in germany in uh like late 2021 or something like that and he went into a coffee coffee store not a starbucks but whatever german equivalent and the only person in there was the barista and he walks in he's like hey can i get it? he's like yeah you got to have a mask on he's like there's nobody in here and i'm going to drink my coffee and sit right here he's like sorry but that's the rules you have to have a mask and he's like do you believe in this he's like no but i lose my job and he's like out of all fucking people on this planet to be 
following the rules of the government and doing what you're told because it's your job. You'd think a German person would be a little bit more circumspect out of everyone. Like, maybe I don't just follow the rules and yeah. do what I'm told. Maybe this doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm excluding people based on what the government tells me to do. Like, that they never crossed his mind. I just do what I'm told. Yeah. But you've been conditioned to do that. Sit down, raise your hand, do what you're told. Don't ask questions. Sit in your seat. Go to the bathroom. Come back. Don't, like, don't be disruptive. You can't think this. Don't think that. Think this. Repeat this on the test. Oh, good boy. You repeated that on the test. That, that's what you're raised at. So you can't, it's hard to break that. And when the, the new world order and Klaus and his clowns like give you what you want, they've defined the parameters of your cage. That's not freedom. They didn't give you freedom. They've limited your freedom and they're going to continue to choke it out of you. And when this digital currency comes and it's coming, it's coming, it's that, that I, is going to be the catalyst. It's going to get ugly because guys like you and me and the truckers in half this country are going to have their finances turned off. What, what do you do when you s steal people's wealth? You prevent them from buying food for their family. You basically call them criminals. Like We've already been called criminals and terrorists by our own government. Yeah. I'm, we, me and you are... Uh, Biggest threats to democracy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we, are, we fall right into that category of number one extremist terrorist, domesticated terrorist. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. It, 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 I won't even say my government because, yeah, I am an extremist. Like, nah, the, the U.S. <laughs> government is illegitimate. Yeah. And you can't vote in or vote out a government that's illegitimate. It, it's already illegitimate. It's broken. Yeah. So that's why I, I just keep like all these people. I, kn I know that big names, I know that big names I listen to and friends think like, bro, you have to vote, even though it's fucked up. That's even though your consent. I know. And even though it's fucked up, if, if everyone votes and there's a lot of people, they won't be able to to steal it as much. Bullshit. I literally think that they could. It's already planned. They already know who the next president is. Right? Fucking. What, what, now. How, do you, how do you think the election is going to turn out? Because I, I have a theory. So I'm going to hear what you think is going to happen. Okay. If one turns out, I think Michelle Obama will be our president. Okay. Mike. Yep. Big Mike. I think Big Mike will be the first black transgender president of our fucking time. Okay. That's what I think, okay? How does, it, how, does it, how does this game out for you? Tell me how this looks. That's if that happens. On the other hand, I can see them, because Klaus has pushed Agenda 2030 up to Agenda 28, I don't know if you know that, yeah. but he came out publicly and said, so we're in 2023, elections 2024. That would be four years till their, their whole big plan, which they have a lot to get done in those four years. Between now, like literally right now, and whenever, when do we vote? Uh, November? November next year. Next year. Next year. Between now and November next year, I can see some type of new pandemic happening. Oh, yeah. New lockdowns, it's, new it'll shit. It'll be global. It'll be global. It'll be just like last time, only fucking 10 times worse. It, people will- And it'll have nothing to do with the election either this year. It's no. amazing how these come out in election years. Yes. It's a fan, wait, crazy yep. how that I happens. believe- there could possibly, it will be either some type of like climate lockdowns, whether it's from the fires that are going on, whether it's from like the arsons. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever they fucking do, direct energy weapons. I don't know what they're doing, but I can see them doing that on top of everyone's been saying, as far as those elite fuckers, there will be some type of humongous cyber attack. Okay. If the cyber attack happens, that's going to cause something too. If the cyber attack happens, I think that that's when central banking digital currency will be implemented in. I could see 
maybe there is no more election. Maybe there is whatever their their fucking new world order scheme. They're big tech, big tech in with the 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 round table corporations. That might still be down the line, but have you heard about the spars epidemic? Yeah. They're still following this thing to a fucking T man. So the next thing that happens in the spars pandemic is to me where we're at right now is that all of the information about COVID-19 to, to, or let me, let me backtrack. In order to have a one-world government, one-world currency, new world order, you have to abolish nation-states. You can't have nation-states and have a one-world thing. So you have to destroy what's already there. So to me, is like, right now, no one is trusting our big pharma, our medical system, our school. I shouldn't say no one. A lot of people are, but many people are not trusting of these big institutions anymore because of what has happened. So we're homeschooling, we're podcasting, we're building parallel universe or societies. Somehow they need to get the population's trust again. And in the sparse pandemic, the way that they did it, I don't know if you remember, they start bringing out all of the shit that they've done they start prosecuting doctors and politicians and oh we got them yeah we got them now they're owning up to their hey we yeah. fucked up and you start to get more but through that nation states the world health organization buying up our medical records or what they're they're centralizing things right now behind the yeah, scenes absolutely well, they're, they're, i think they're the who or some international bodies trying to make a, a basically a binding treaty for travel like medical records so yeah like, so a digital id digital id global digital id there you go so you, you can't say it's not a slippery slope because no. it's here and, and it's like this isn't organic it's been planned and they're using these things as leverages to get these things instituted and yep if you can't see that if you can't connect those dots and you still think we're freaking crazy you have another thing coming that's going to be unpleasant. You're, you like you can wake up now and be gentle and get up and have some pancakes and stuff because in about a year or two it's going to be freaking ice water on your face. Get the fuck up, motherfucker! Yeah, why have you been asleep so long? Because yeah, it's coming. So those are my two things. I think that they. I guess it depends on what happens with Trump. Is he going to be actually sent to prison for a hundred years, like they say? Uh, I I think. what i see is because i think twitter just allowed just changed the rules now and i think youtube too that you no longer get kicked off if you question the validity of an election see because there this is part of that sparse so 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 i'm thinking like wait a second like anybody who questioned the like democrats screamed about it for years that trump stole the election with russia that it was an illegitimate presidency and then somehow joe biden gets 84 million votes and people like i have questions you get shut up yep don't ask another like but now we're coming up to another election and so now you can question the 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 results of an election i think what's going to happen is is the country's going to come out and the people who still believe in voting who still think that you have a say in this are going to come out and overwhelmingly vote for trump and then the system is either going to replace him, put him in jail, 
just outright say, no, Biden won again. He got 900 million votes because he's the most popular president ever. And the other half of the country is going to revolt and lose their shit. And they're going to use that as an excuse to go after the extremists who are trying to overthrow the duly elected Biden with his second term kind of thing. I, I think that's probably more or less, they're setting us up to, to be at each other's throats by making another illegitimate election that is so blatantly stolen yeah. that nobody will be able to sit on the fence. No, and because and, they know that shit, right? So, they so do they, the problem with the civil, Hegelian dialect. they try to man. instigate a civil war. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's it. It's like people will fall for it hook, line, and yeah. sinker. So you don't play the game? Turn it all off. That's it. Turn it it's all like, off. It's like, dude, I'm not... I'm not going to just pick the lesser of the evils. You didn't get to pick anything. They they let you. This is a multiple choice. I want a blank fucking line. Yeah. I vote for me. That's it. Yours truly. Food. I don't. I don't. To be honest. To be honest, Chris. I can't really see where the government's helped me in my life. I, I, I'm I'm on the same page. Like I enjoy roads. I enjoy power lines. But private communities build roads. They get together and raise money. Like yeah. if you build a place out in the woods and you need to run electrical line in there, you can pay for that. Like what, what corporate services fire department. Okay. I can get a fire department, but that doesn't require the amount of taxes. I certainly don't support public education. And why does it have to be owned by the government? Why can't it be our community's fire department? It, that would still be the government. Like the court, the corporate, the corporate body of people is, okay. the, is yeah. the government essentially. So like when we say we're fighting our government, we are our government. Like the people, we, the right. people comprise. Well, supposed it. to be. It's an institution comprised of people. Now, what do we do about this though? Because I was looking over here for, I wrote it down the other day. There's an executive order and it's the executive order that Biden signed, I think in March of 2022. So a little over a year, a year ago of in the case of like some crazy event, the U.S. government has full control to seize all fiat currency and implement a digital asset. Okay, yeah, I have the executive yeah. number. I think it's one four one four six zero seven, but that it could be wrong. There's too many. <laughs> I could be yeah. wrong. It doesn't surprise me though that like that shit happens all the time. So my point is, is most. Most people have maybe heard of executive order, but they don't really know what an executive order is. And what an executive order is, is, the, is essentially bypassing the way that we implement laws. Instead of us, we the people, coming up with laws and then it going through the judicial system. This is the president unilaterally declaring something law. Yeah, that's a, that's a communist dictator. Yep. So... If you ever look up the amount of executive orders that have been fucking passed in the last 50 years and you read through them, they're crazy, dude. Yeah. They are fucking crazy. Like the ability to seize all major like railways, ports, harbors, airplanes, freeways, um, railroads. It's, it's limitless authority, essentially. Like, yeah, the, there's so many different yos that are out there. Yeah, it's like they could literally fucking yep. just like pick you up and put you in a cage. But but the reality at the end but of the can day they? is is this is those people, those 435 people, or that one person sitting in the Oval Office, either that or Congress, they can sit there and they can pass a set of laws that go from here to the moon high. They, they could have volumes and volumes of laws. And it's not worth the paper it's written on without people to go out and enforce that right. law. So, or people who are willing to comply with that. Like, when you think of how many enforcement agents there are in this country and how many citizens there are, if the citizens just said, 
fuck you, we're not obeying. There's, you can't enforce your way out of this. The people self-enforce. So when the people are like upset about what's going on, if they're not taking any sort of proactive steps to resist, you're consenting to it. So the more you resist by taking your money out of the economy, performing other ways of being, not paying a freaking you know, fee to put a shed in your backyard. You're like, fuck you. I'm not putting, like, I'm not asking for your permit. I'm not asking for your permission. I'm a free human being. I'm a free American. I can do what I want. If people started doing that, like they have no authority other than the authority we give them. Right. So, so if you want to live with a boot on your neck and trampled, you have that right. But by you doing that, you're going to force me and my kids to, to have to to either die mortars or work around that motherfucker. Right. That's where the problem is. That's, that's, that's my problem with, with the, the asleep people is it's not that I hate them or dislike them, but like your actions either overtly or, or, or covertly are going to lead to the detriment of all of us. Yeah. And if you can't see that, if you are so concerned with your individual existence, like how sad is that? Like that, like you are divinely created with the spark of the creator inside of you. And you have this beautiful chance at consciousness, at existence, of life. And you're going to waste it worried about your fucking 401k and your ment- medical plan. And like that, the thing is, you're not going to get. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Even if you comply, you're not going to get it because that's not part of the fucking plan. You know what's part of the plan? UBI. That's part of the yeah. plan. <laughs> you're the carbon they want to eliminate. That's it. It's <laughs> like you don't understand is that by complying, you're going to end up at the same place that I'm going to end up, only you're going to be all fucked up by the time you get there. Yeah. I'm still going to be a free-willed, sovereign human being who has a spirit left in him. <clears throat> um, that what you just brought up resonated with me when it came to people getting the jabs. I think that people should have the right to do whatever the fuck they want. Absolutely. As long as it is not inflicting harm or danger or injury upon anything else. So most people would say, okay, well, if I get the jab, then I get the jab. You don't get the jab. You don't get the jab. And I would say, yeah, that's fine. Except for your jab affects me. It affects me. The nanoparticles, the shedding, the spike proteins, the fucking mRNA, it affects me. It can be passed on to me. This black goo or that, that uh, what's the name for it? The, the fucking metal, the graphene yeah, oxide, the graphene, yeah. all this different shit in there, it affects me. So the reason why I have a problem with you getting the vaccine that's is because true. it affects yeah, me. That's true. So that's where I, but then at the same time, Cause I was in that mode for a while. Like if you got the vaccine, you do you, but we are not fucking hanging out. My kids are pure. I try to stay as pure as possible. I don't want none of your fucking robot shit. I'm against AI. I would have to live in a bubble. Yeah. I would never be able to go back You're outside again. Friends. So at some point I have to go, okay, there's inherent risk to being alive. And one of those risks is I live in a time where people are severing their fucking connection with god it's deleting your vma type 2 gene or whatever it's called which is the spark of life and then you're connecting yourself whether you know it or not into this internet of things this this internet of bodies which they're trying to go to on top of spreading it to me so that's where i had the issue right but I mean, fuck people at jujitsu. Yeah. What am I going? Hey, man, did you Are get you vaccinated poked? or not? Right? Because like, I can't roll you, with you. You got, you got to stay six feet away. Yeah. No. At yeah. some point, I just had to fucking deal with it. But they 
this is the thing about the right and wrong. Who's right and wrong? Their rebuttal is without me getting the vaccine. I'm putting them, them at risk. But then what's your vaccine for? Like, by you not getting it, you shouldn't, like, your vaccine should protect you. They say we all have to get it. Because no, that's where we've been taught. <laughs> yeah, right? uh, yeah. And that goes back to they... Earlier, you were talking about the bees all working together. It's not a bee. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a hive of bees yeah. or a hive of bees. And in the, these fucking academic books that I've read of these, these people, they want the hive mind. So we just talked about the hive being like a great thing. And it is a great thing. This is why we really have to have discernment because these, these evil fuckers who cast these spells take real shit and they invert everything yes they either they either flat out blatantly lie just come up with something straight out of their ass or they take something that did have truth and validity and they invert it and the hive is a prime example they want the hive mind as in sheep all bad together we want the hive mind as in the bee hive they are each bee is its own unique individual expression of the hive yes they are not all the same nope they are all working together in harmony like a hive should be they are not all doing the same thing they are not all acting the same thing they are all working together so i want people to out there if you ever do read these books or you listen to podcasts or watch youtube videos and people go over the quotes from the powers that be talking about like the hive mind i think even in the bible in revelations it talks about the hive mind they're they're inverting it we don't want the hive mind we want the like the hive we want the community of us working together to our common goal but each individually autonomous yes this is this system is trying to rob you of your individual autonomy to choose your own destiny to, to how you think to what you believe to what you choose to do with your life and and be put into a very specific box and a label and categorized based on your gender your sexual orientation your race your religion all those things and put in some kind of hierarchy that that's what they want yeah and it's like dude you can have all of those things all of those yeah. categories pick whatever one that you like and we can still all work together yes because what they don't, what they want is a faceless person in a faceless crowd. And, and compliance. And compliance. And if we all stand there and we get rid of boys and girls, and now we're all just fucking something. Gender okay? neutral. Gender neutral. We all shave our heads. We all fucking wear nor- the same clothes. We, we all put the a, same we the same mush, the same fucking... We all have a mask on our face. We all follow the same rules. We take our steps at the same time. We all go to the cubicles and we watch the same internet that's curated for all of us to watch the same thing. That is no good, guys. No, no good. I, I, I literally will fight to the death to stop that. That's a terrible idea. But going back to what you were saying earlier, like I, I think this is a big difference, hopefully, that can be expressed between, between our version of the world that we want to see and the other version of the world. And I hate to use the left-right dichotomy, but that's the language that we have. Like the woke mob on the left is is a religious cult where there's zero redemption. If you do something wrong, you're excommunicated, canceled, like you say the wrong thing, you're not a part of the orthodoxy, you are run out of town. At least here you realize like, man, there's some people that made some fucked up decisions. I still love them and I'm willing to accept them. They can change, right? Yeah. Like the, the other people will, will 
if they don't like you, they'll find something you said 20 years ago as a kid and hold that against you and excommunicate you and run you out of, out of you know, cancel culture city. Because of that, there's no redemption. So we have to have grace. We have to be able to have redemption. We have to have an opportunity for reconciliation between people. And I get it. Like, like I was furious at people for a long time. It's the same thing. I just wanted to punch dumb motherfuckers in the head. But I realized... I'm the chief of dumb motherfuckers too. So like we have to be good to each other. And if, if we don't, we're just going to continue in the cycle. So if we, we fight the violence with more violence, if we fight the outrage with more outrage, if, if we, we continue to mock people as easy as it is, it doesn't serve the purpose. It, it doesn't, doesn't advance our cause of finding that better, better world that we want to live in. And sometimes it's a real pain in the ass to be the bigger person. It really is. It is, but it's a, you got to take the high road. You do. There's that quote that says you cannot solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. Perfect. There you go. There it is. And, and so if I find myself angry at the violence and the oppression inherent in the system, I cannot fix it with violence and oppression of others. Yep. I can't. I agree. So, and love is the the most powerful thing. Love, love, and, and then love gives way to gratitude, of joy, of all the other good emotions in life. But, but it, it starts in your own heart, man. And if your heart is closed, if your heart chakra is closed off, and you've got compassion fatigue, and your brain has been caged since you've been a child, and you just don't know, you need to find a way to break yourself free from that. And and there are a lot of ways to do that. I hope that uh, people find that within themselves because we all need each other. We all are a part, part of this hive, this colony together. Yep. And, and we are all unique expressions of that. But if we keep fighting each other, like we're not going to get anywhere. I don't think so either. Well, we're coming up on the end of the show, but before I would like to say we are me or you came to me and want to try and collaborate something. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what that consists of, but something along the lines of helping people, healing, maybe jujitsu, and we're going to be working together. And we have another partner, Greg, who we're going to talk to. And I know that he's mentioned it on his show. I think the last time I was on with Toby before his podcast. So I like to th I like to take things like that and put them out into the universe because I believe that those intentions uh -oh. help. Yes. Uh -oh. Let's put that like yeah, absolutely to the universe. Hopefully, maybe um, August or September ish yeah. coming up this year, some kind of wellness retreat and uh, do some breathing techniques, some meditation, get together, maybe have some fire in the woods at night, do jujitsu during the day, just come together as a community and. If you've listened to this and you're on this vibe, then you'd be in the right place. Fucking A. Okay, so is there anywhere anyone could reach you? Do you have a contact? Do you want to keep that uh, separate? I'll, I'll get that to you, and maybe you can put it in, in the, show the show notes. notes. And then uh, I'll also give a shout-out to uh, We the Medicine with David Price. If, you, if you're looking for a facilitator for breath work, for one-on-one -on -one, uh, sort of spirituality modalities and stuff, he, he's the real deal. And Greg's talked about him on the show. A really, really good heart on him. So if you're looking for something, you'd be a good person, good resource. All right. David Price, you the man. <laughs> and for all of you guys, if you have any questions or any topics that you want me to go over my podcast or just want to shoot the shit, you can email me at stanawayrootsandravens at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Tyler Stanaway and at Compassionate Viking. And if you would like to go over to Give, Send, Go and read my story, I would appreciate any donation or prayer. With that being said, that's going to wrap it up, and we'll see you next week. Later, guys.